Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to November 22, the live show for November 2022. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, editor here at Arcade Repair Tips. And joining me today, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself. He's a little late, but he apologizes (laughs) for that. He's glad he's here. Tim Peterson. Tim, how are you? Good. I am running a little late today, so sorry about that. But we're going to have a good show tonight. Thank you all. Those of you who are already here. And those of you who stayed. Yeah. (laughs) Appreciate your patience tonight. Um, You know... Um, every just one of those days. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, Jason says, "Hey, Jonathan, and running late, Tim." Okay, I like, <laughs> I like that a lot. Well, Tim, this is episode sixty-nine. Wow, believe it or not, so we've time. done quite a few of these shows, guys. But we're glad that you are here tonight. We are going to be answering some of your questions on arcade repair. Of course, if you want to interact with us during the show, you can leave your comments and questions in the live chat. Tim, we have several people here tonight. We have YouTube Punk is here. The Real Hammer Billy Lee is here. Um, mm-hmm. Colorado Mile Heifel is here. We're going okay. to be covering your question tonight. I've got that in the outline. Um, we have Nate Berg is here. We've got uh, the Regzer Show's here. Jason is here. Of course, Delusional's Arcade's here. Tim, we have a whole slew of people here in the live chat. A lot we of regular thank- guys. Thank yes, exactly. <laughs> we want to thank all of you guys for being here this evening. So, uh, Tim, a little late. I know you've been really busy. So, what's been going on before we get into all the arcade stuff? Well, um, I've got a trip coming up, which we'll talk to, talk about now. I'm going to South Carolina in a couple weeks, and I'm taking a vacation. Uh, first time I've been off Thanksgiving week, and I can't tell you when. So um, I'm doubling up on the work to be able to, to take those that trip and uh, stuff. So I will be in near Beaufort, South Carolina. A lot of you know where that is. Um, of course, we'd love to hang out with anybody. We'll just put that out there if anybody's in that area and would like to or know some arcades that we could check out. Uh, my son is on Marine Base there, so I'm sure he wouldn't mind checking out an arcade or two with me, you know, while I'm in town. Uh, so that makes double work on the day getting up. You know, you ever uh, take a vacation, John, but you pay for it? Yep. You like have to work extra. That's kind of how it is. The work doesn't stop, but I do get some time off. And my friends, um, you, we talked about this before. I, my friends from Germany, from Cologne, Germany, for those of you that are overseas and familiar with Cologne when I took my trip to Cologne, where well, they're coming to see us. Oh. And they don't normally celebrate Thanksgiving, so they want to know what's an American Thanksgiving like. So we're going to have turkey dressing and all the usual stuff. So, you know, my wife kind of expects us to have the house in pretty good shape, you know, so a little extra cleaning. 
a little extra decorating and stuff, but I'm really looking forward to my friends coming down for a week. So it seems like it's going to be off to a busy holiday start. What I know, and you've just finished a really busy holiday for you. Well, we just had Halloween, obviously. Hopefully you guys had a great Halloween. I don't want to get too much into it, Tim, but we always have a big crowd here. Um, I think we estimated about 350 trick-or-treaters came by the house, Tim. Wow. And I didn't put any arcades or anything out. We just had that many trick-or-treaters. But um, it was always great to see all the kids in their costumes, and I always enjoy Halloween so much. It was a fun time. You know, one of my favorite memories, John, is remember when we had Halloween at my house and we had a we had a Wizard of War, mm-hmm. and we never could get the light working in it, right? And it would just kind of like, and it would kind of flash on and off. And we said, what the heck? We just put it out in the driveway and let the kids play it on Halloween, and it kind of looked spooky and stuff. And we had a Dracula pinball. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, one of my best Halloween memories was the time we drug some games out and let the neighborhood play. So imagine getting a trick-or-treat and go play a few game, pinball and arcade games. That was kind of fun for them. Yeah, I wish I had the setup for that. I guess if you have a front-facing garage, that kind of works the best. The yeah. People who I've seen who put games out. Unfortunately, I have like a very tiny porch. And right. so I don't really have room to put like a game out there. But at, maybe one of these years I could do something like that. But I tell you what, the weather was beautiful. We had a really great time. Hopefully you guys had a great Halloween. And we'll talk more about that, I think, in the after show. So All right. I'll tell you guys Good. a little bit about that a little bit more. But... Let's get started here, Tim. We've got several questions in the outline tonight, and so we'll be covering those as we go. Tim, tonight's episode has been entitled Wrestling with My Blank Screen. Okay. And the first question has to do with just that. (laughs) So let us go here to our first question. That's from Chris. He says, I had recently got a WWF WrestleFest arcade machine, and my monitor comes on, but there is no picture. Even with brightness all the way up, the screen displays no picture. I was told this happens after someone... I was told this happened after someone moved it to the place I picked it up from. I'm not sure where to start because I've played with all the monitor controls and still have no picture, no image. I have tested all of the RGB lines from the JAMA harness to the board for continuity and it's all there. The screen makes a sound like it's cycling through what should be displayed. Is the PCB or the monitor toast? So that was, that's what we have here, Tim. So we have Chris okay. here. Pretty standard, straightforward thing. Just not getting a picture. Oh, there's some more of his question here, Tim. All I see is a black screen. Like it's no on, display. but no display. Okay. Please help. Uh, the fuses are good. Power supply is good as well. It is possible to, is it possible to exchange the CRT for a regular old school TV monitor and put it into the chassis or are these things screen specific so he's giving this um he's giving us kind of an out here of maybe we should go with the tv but tim what do you think is going on with chris's monitor here what do you think he can do to get it back up and running well you know we come across this all the time and uh this is a very common question in fact uh so many of the regulars in here tonight could probably scream the answer they already know it but we're going to go through it for chris because there's a real simple test that we're going to do we want to know, is the game playing, can we hear it? Right. Because if the game is playing and we hear it, and but nothing is on the screen, then we would say that it's playing blind, that there is something going on, but we can't view it. And just like if somebody covered up our eyes and we were blind, we were playing, but no screen. So... If that is the case, then we know we probably, because he's already sounds like what we would do. We'd mess with the monitor and we try to check the wiring and make sure that we're getting everything up there. If it's playing blind and we're getting 
nothing up there, then we probably have a monitor issue. Right. And that's where we would go with that. And I will say, he doesn't specifically tell doesn't us if the game that. is playing. Right. He does say the screen makes a sound like it's cycling through what should be displayed. So I think when he is saying that, that would lead me to think playing blind. What that may, that's what I was going to say. In his specifics, though, he does say a couple things that make me think it's playing. Right. Okay, because it's cycling through. Those are some key words. Uh, so if that's the case... Uh, then we know that he is having an issue in his monitor. Right. Now, a lot of things, just because your monitor's not working, he also, didn't he say that he turned the brightness all the way up? He and did. he didn't see that. See, even if your game board is not hooked up and you turned up the brightness and your monitor was working, you would see the screen get really white or, you know, it would change colors or something like that, would become bright, might be blue or green, but it would get bright. Uh, if that's not happening, he's probably got an issue with this monitor chassis. Right. So he would need to send that off or repair it. And um, But it could be, um, if he's not playing blind, or it still could be a game board issue, but it's not as likely. Sure. And so uh, those are some things that we, you know, it's all, that's why it's always great. Uh, if you have one game, you got to have two, right? Because <laughs> then you could switch the boards and see if it's a board issue or we've done this a lot of times, butted two games back-to-back and hooked the monitor up to the other one to see if it was a monitor issue. Uh, that's kind of an easy way to do it. But more than likely, I think it's probably a chassis, uh, don't you, John? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a pretty... Sounds like a pretty classic case of playing blind. Paul um, Paul Gerace here, he says, um, net glow. Are you getting net glow? That's right. a really great test to see if it's actually working. Um, and Delusional does say the same thing that you said, Tim. Turn up the flyback brightness and see if you get a brighter black, right? Or see right. if you get a white. That's kind of a good way. Because we're trying to determine here whether or not, Chris, you've got a monitor issue or whether you've got a board issue. But from your description, the fact that we're getting some sound, maybe at least a little sound, Tim, like it's working, right. would lead us to believe probably you have a monitor issue. And we also want to make sure we're getting power to the monitor. He right. said he checked some of the wires. For, it sounded like, I, let me go back and see what he right. said. He said that he checked some wires and stuff, but RGB, RGB lines. lines. Right. But did he check the actual power which is separate. It doesn't get its power from the Gemma harness. Right. It will get its power separately. So we want to make sure that it's actually getting power. And you guys all know you've went back there be a blown fuse or whatever. Just or a bad wire connection or something. We want to make sure that we're actually getting power. And like Paul said, if you are getting power, you'll see that neck glow. You'll see something in the dark. Um, it's a good way to see that. Uh, back of the game cabinet, you always see that usually first thing. Right, exactly. So uh, let's go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, uh, for everybody to see on the outline here. So kind of like we talked about, Chris, first off, we need to determine if it's a game board or monitor issue. Um, power on the cabinet and see if you can play a game without the monitor on. You may need to coin it up, hit the start button in order to start a game. If you can hear the game playing but don't see anything on the screen, then you probably have a monitor issue. Okay, so that's what we call playing blind. Otherwise, it's probably a game board problem. Yes, it is possible to use an old school TV and an arcade cabinet. Oh, Tim, correct. you ask that. Yeah. Um, you can try um, connecting directly to the RGB on the TV board. Tim, there are some videos on YouTube. I know Delusional said he's got some things like that. Um, but um, where it's it's got the... Um, where you can actually plug into the RGB signal on the TV itself. I've seen mm -hmm. a couple videos out there. You may be able to find those. You can also do a tube swap of some kind. That's very common. Um, you can also find a chassis for your TV too, which is common, or use a video converter board. Those are some other options if you want to use a TV. But to be honest with you, you should be able to... You should be able to... Um, 
to do all this uh, just by repairing your chassis. You right. may not need to go with the TV. The TV. Um, yeah, I would option. make that. We have a testing a monitor tube video that he could watch, but I would probably suspect that it's a chassis problem. And if he doesn't want to tackle himself, Paul would be a great guy to send it to so that you could get that fixed and relatively inexpensive, even by today's standards. Everything's gone up, but yes. um, Paul makes it pretty reasonable as far as that goes for the time and stuff that it takes to do it. So um, good luck with that, Chris, oh, and keep us informed. Is, is, was Chris here today? I don't, think he, I don't think he's in the okay. uh, live chat tonight. All so. right. Well, we will. Uh, Chris, let us know. Get back with us. And we can help you troubleshoot any further if need be. Absolutely. So, Chris, hopefully answers your question. And good luck getting the picture back on your WWF WrestleFest arcade cabinet. Tim, one of my personal favorite games. I love that game. Uh, it's a really fun one to play, um, especially if you've got all four guys going at it. Um, in fact, it's probably one of the first ones I remember playing when I was a kid because my uh, where my dad worked when I was growing up, uh, all the truckers had their, li- had their um, little break room, and it mm-hmm. was one of the arcade games that was in the break room that they always played. So. Well... Uh, we'll get we'll give a cool story because I know you guys like these stories. Sometimes uh, when we tell them, uh, one of my best friends is Mike Page. Yes, and you remember how we met Mike Page? He was actually running a wrestling school, so a school that trained you how to be a professional wrestler here in Tyler. And he we had a wrestle fest for sale. And he bought the WrestleFest so the guys could play WrestleFest when they weren't wrestling. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if that's a tongue twister, but it sounded like one. Uh, so, can you imagine? Um, and we've been friends now for 20-something 20 20 years. So, uh, a WrestleFest led to a great friendship. So, fond memories, great game, and good luck uh, on getting your fix, Chris. Absolutely. So... Okay, Tim, I'm going to check back with the live chat real quick just to see. Um, Omega Market Series says, hey, guys, your uh, our video's a little out of focus. Hopefully we fix that. Um, it, you know, it actually autofocuses, Tim, oh, that's but if right. it doesn't see our faces, sometimes that autofocus will get a little wonky. So um, hopefully that'll fix itself. Kind I'll of try to be still. Right. Um, let's see. Encores Arcade says, good evening, professors and fellow students. Uh, yeah, I guess we all are here. That's great. Um, let's see who else we got here. It looks like everybody else we're caught up on. So, um, Tim, I think we will move on with the outline. All right. So the next one we have is from Greg, the Rugzer Show, Tim. And okay. the Rugzer Show won our soldering iron and AC voltage detector from the last show. Oh, nice. So hopefully you received it, Greg. We hope you did. And if you would like to be entered to win another set of a little portable soldering iron and an AC voltage detector, you can send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Yep. <laughs> contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Tim, I think we need to give a password this time. Okay. So you will need to put the password in the email when you send it. Tim, come up with a password on the fly. I'm going to put them on the spot. How about WrestleFest? WrestleFest. Fast sounds great. <laughs> so if you would like to be entered in the contest to win our portable soldering iron and our AC voltage detector, send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you put WrestleFest somewhere mm-hmm. in the subject or in the body of the email. So that way I know that you were watching. So I know um, people were trying to cheat the system. Tim, I saw some emails coming early yesterday. Okay. <laughs> so in order to not cheat the system, uh, we're going to need the password. Word. That's right. right. We need the password. It's like, uh, what was that old um, that old uh, game show password? Yeah. Uh, is. Yes. <laughs> uh, the password is Wrestle. WrestleFest. WrestleFest. So make sure you put the password in there. Contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com if you would like to win. So, okay, Tim. Uh, well, let us move on to this question from Greg, like we said. 
I added a Mr. Video Card to the edge connector of my Donkey Kong PCB. A Mr. Video Card is a unit that allows me to screen capture my arcade to um, OBS, which is, you know, um, broadcasting software, Tim, okay. for recording and streaming. It appears to be pulling more power as I had to up my 5 volts on my power supply to 5.4, which seems high. Yeah. We would agree with that. Where do I check the actual power to the board? On the board. Also, my PCB uses a power connector from the main board to the secondary board. Is it better to run separate power pin cord to the second board? Now, Tim, um, he's asking kind of two questions here. He's a right. little high in his voltage, okay? Just yes. a little high. And so 5.4 is more than we're usually comfortable with, I will say. Um, we're usually no more than about 5.1, right? Right. And so he is turning it up to 5.4. Now, he does have this extra video card on there that's helping him capture. And so that may be part of the reason. But he's mm-hmm. asking us, like, how? How do we how do we um, check the voltage to the board and through the board and then um, how what do we need to do about that secondary power connector? Okay. So how do we check the voltage to the board first? Well, the easiest way to do it for me would be to unplug the edge connector, right, and find that pin. And before it's even plugged in or anything, run a voltage check right there at the pin. So, in other words. At the edge connector or with it plugged in right at the pins where those come in uh, when, or the the very edge of the connector. This is what I'd do first, though. I would check it before it's even hooked up to the board. Gotcha. Then I would push it down onto the board, but right at the bottom, you know, you can still see a little bit of that um, copper that's coming down, the little bars, uh, teeth, if you want to call them that way. Uh, you know, that you can see those, and I would check it there. Now, um, on a Donkey Kong board, though, there should so a lot of Atari boards actually have test points. Right. I don't think the Donkey Kong board has those per se. That's why I really like the old Atari boards where you have test points you can test on the board. So what you would need to do is um, basically look at the schematics and follow the flow charts. Where does the 5 volts go? You could check it at where it stops where does it go to go to a capacitor a lot of times checking it on a chip specifically the ic chips the last pin on the left would be the ground and the last pin on the right would be the five volts you could check it there on a on a chip itself so there's multiple places that and you we'll can show, do. We'll talk more about that here in a second. I, yeah. want, I wanted to show that because i think that's a really good way um to do that but um tim as for the secondary power connector, I mean, are you, what do you think about well, that? I mean, that's the, a typical setup, right? Yeah, the, it, I'm a little worried about why it's taking so much. But you know what? I've seen weirder things. And any time I have something that I, I, would, I would probably, in his case, recommend that you just run a separate power okay. board. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be a power supply, like a full two power supplies in there. It could be something as simple as like um, that's five volts. You know, as long as it's you can splice the wires off of a charger or something and use it. But I would recommend that you sep- run a, just a separate one uh, in this case to try not to have to turn your other voltage up to get this to power. So it's okay to run two separate ones like that. So um, the big thing here, Tim, is I'm, what I'm really curious about is you're talking about testing the power at the edge connector. Yes. And so what I want to know is like we, I would test it with that Mr. Video Card on. Yes. And see and with, what it is with how much. Basically, we're going to see how much draw are we getting off the Mr. Video Card. That's a good good point. You know, with and without it, how much more are we drawing? And and obviously, 
before this, it was probably working just fine, and he right. probably didn't have any issues. But now he's having to crank up the voltage to get both of them to that almost worrisome level to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and I may not I may not be entirely correct. I mean, it may be okay, but to me, it gets you're getting up there to where it worries me. Right. And so I would look into that. Okay. Well, I'm going to put up this slide, Tim. And like okay. I said, I wanted to mention the IC chip stuff. We'll talk about that here in a second. But um, like you mentioned, Tim, to check voltage, getting to the board, turn off the cabinet, unplug the edge connector, power the cabinet back on, and check the voltage at the voltage pins of the edge connector. And so, right. um, and like I, and like we were talking about here, uh, Greg, we would definitely do it with the Mr. Video card attached, so we can see basically what is coming out past that Mr. Video card. What is the voltage that's actually getting to the board? Right. Right. So let's talk about checking voltage on the board. Like like Tim mentioned, some boards have test points, but let's say you have a board that does not have any test points. That happens. Okay. And this goes for a lot of different boards, Tim. What you can do is locate an IC chip, okay? Mm-hmm. And you will see, this is a 16-pin IC chip here, Tim. Okay. And you can see that um, the way that the pins go is that usually, if you're looking at the top, which is where the notch is, the one immediately to the left is pin one. Okay. And then it goes counterclockwise around the chip, okay? So you go all the way down the left side, all Back the up. way up the right side, okay? And so typically on an IC chip, you will find that the last pin on the left side, okay, which in this case is pin eight maybe okay. different depending on how many pins your, your ic chip has and but the it, first right and then and the, the last pin, pin on the right right so you have a ground usually like in this case it'd be pin eight if you had a 24 pin it'd be a little bit different tim the right. ground would be at pin 12 typically right. right it'd be half of it so it depends on it really depends on how how many pins your ic chip is but locate an ic chip and then you can measure the voltage going getting to that ic chip by basically Taking your multimeter, putting your ground prong, your black probe on the last pin on the left side and the last pin on the right side, which is actually the one that would be to the right of the notch in most cases. So this will tell you exactly how much power this chip is getting. Right. And which is what you want to know. You want to know what am I getting power to the chips on the board? Are the chips on the board getting the power that they need? This will tell you that. Yeah. So So if you're at like... 4.98 4.98 or you're at 5.10 you're probably okay there but if you're reading 5.4 here you could be damaging or something to right. the ship. Exactly. So That's you what wanna, my concern would be. Right. So you really want to make sure that this is really close to five volts here. Okay. Right. So if it is too much, you will need to turn. You'll need to turn it down. Okay. I mean, like we were talking about, 5.4 is high, but. Again, if we test it past the Mr. Video card and we're only getting 5 volts there, then the 5.4 should be absolutely okay, right, Exactly. So, but if we're checking in our power supply, remember our power supply is just outputting whatever it's outputting, okay? So we don't know what the draw is of the Mr. Video card at that point until we test past that point. Right. So the Mr. Video card may be actually drawing a lot of that 5.4 where it's not that bad on your chips or on your board. Correct, exactly. So that's what we need to kind of find out. Right. So just keep that in mind. For those people who want to check voltage at your board, this is the easiest way to do it if you don't have the test points. Now, Tim, I put this that this setup would be fine. I know you recommended going ahead go ahead and running the extra power connector. It really doesn't matter, I don't think. Not, it, not if you're okay on the board. That right. would be my stipulation. And you here's know? the thing. You can check the voltage there as well on that secondary connector and see what it is. And if it is low, maybe you consider running an additional power adapter from your power supply there, right? Yeah, and I've just seen instances like when we were at Chuck E. Cheese where we, they had, here would be a great example. When all games used to take coins, right? Yes. And what did ever, what does everybody take now? A uh, reader. Yes. Right? 
which requires 5 or 12 volts or something to make it come on and power up and run an LED. Well, guess what that did? Really, a lot of times we would have to run a secondary to just to power it. We still had to run uh, connecting wires and ground it through the system so that it would realize when you pass the coin. But it was put in such a bind we were going through power supplies left and right that we begin to run a secondary power supply for those. Gotcha. So that's just a kind of a real-world example of, you know, at some point you just said, I, why am I replacing my power supplies left and right? Or the game would act wonky and do crazy stuff. Once we put this separate power supply in there, which you could tie right into your AC voltage. And that's why I said it was more of a, it wasn't like a linear power supply like we find in most arcade games. It would be like a brick power supply like you would see that goes to an LED TV or your laptop or something. We would literally run a wire like that and just run five volts off of it not really high amps Mm -hmm. but enough to power that board so the only thing i'm worried about there tim is if the power supply is actually putting out the 5.4 and that mr video card is draining off enough of it that the board's getting five if we run directly off the power supply to the secondary board are we going to send the 5.4 directly there so we have to be very careful very careful with that exactly you want to make sure that you're sending five volts to that and so that's why i was kind of hesitant i think to say um that we want to run a separate power supply now if I mean, it may be fine, and I still think it'd probably be fine, but to me, I would leave it intact as it is for now, unless it's just too low. Yeah. So if that well, power's just too low, then you may consider it. You know, it and I'm always separate. thinking you're adding on an additional component. Think of it like your car, right. your car battery and everything. Let's say you want to add LED lights all over to your all over your car. Most people run separate something up there because your car's made to run a certain amount of things. And uh, you just don't want to overstretch it either way. Right. So just be careful. Um, Greg, just keep us in, informed on what you actually decide to do. Uh, you may have even updated some, Greg. I know you're in the chat room uh, since you sent in the question. So keep us up to date. Let us know. I know you're a regular here, and we appreciate you. Um, but hopefully that helps you some. Hopefully. Right. I like to... Always think about the top of the notch is a U-shape, John. That's right. And when we draw a U, we go this way. Right. That may be backwards on screen, but you know what I mean. You go from down and then back up. When you draw a U, you draw like that. And that's how I always remember which one is pin one and which one would be pin 16 or the last pin. Right, exactly. And like I said, that pin, this is just a 16-pin Always pin the chip. left side of that U. Right, exactly. This just happens to be a 16-pin chip, but again, you may find ones that are that have more pins. Same philosophy applies, though. Last one on the left, uh, top, bottom one on the left, top one on the right. Gotcha. So there you go. Um, I think that does it. So, uh, Greg, hopefully answers your question, and I hope you're enjoying your soldering kit and your uh, AC voltage detector, and hopefully that helps you out with your Donkey Kong arcade game. Okay. Uh, Tim, before we move on, uh, Jumping General, and he's got a couple of questions in here okay. tonight as well, but he says, I picked up a Gorf dedicated game that has been sitting in storage for over 25 years. What do you recommend checking internally before plugging it in the outlet? What is a game like that worth? Oh. Okay, nice. so what would you check? 25-year-old game, don't plug it in yet. What should I check before I do? Okay, the first thing I would do is clean, give it a good vacuuming, cleaning, blowing out, get as much as that uh, old dirt and stuff like that. Make sure they're that it's in pretty good cleanliness shape. You don't want, uh, no telling what could be that in the, in the back of that thing. So get it pretty clean. 
that would be the first thing I do. The next thing I would do, and I will always, we, we, we say this all the time at Arcade Repetitive Tips, we always start at power. Mm-hmm. I would check, before I ever plugged it in, I would check continuity on my power cord, make sure that it's not brittle or broken, especially 25 years. They didn't make those with the best cords back in the day anyway. Make sure that cord's still in good shape. Then follow the power through. Make sure your wiring and stuff is in pretty good shape. Would you unplug the board and check the power yes. before turning anything I, else before on? Before I ever turned it on, I would unplug the board. Because you want to make sure that we're not doing what happened in the next one. You send uh, too much voltage or there's an issue and then it could damage your board. Um, although that's not super likely because if the board's already damaged after 25 years, whatever, they turned it off for a reason. Right. They weren't playing it. <laughs> right. So it may not work anyway. Don't get discouraged. I would check all the fuses and stuff. All this before we ever uh, turn, a, turn a game on. Those are some things. I would clean it good. I would check the fuses. I would check the power without the board plugged in. I would even probably unplug the monitor the very first time just to see it's getting power and all that before... I went and plugged everything back up and tried it. But, you know, I say that, and there's probably been a dozen times we just fired it up and went from there, you That's know. Right. <laughs> I mean, you go, the chances of that thing actually kicking on and working, I'm sorry, are probably not super good, but you never know. So what do you think right? it's worth, Tim? Like, let's say it was fully working, 25 years. It sounds like it's probably in you know, good condition. You know, every time I turn around, uh, a dedicated classic games are just going through the roof. Even inflation has hit arcade games, yes, I believe. Oh, absolutely. So I'm probably not the best person to ask that question maybe um how about everybody in the chat room want to try chime in with what you what's think a it, gorf? Yeah, what's, what's a, it worth a working good condition gorf worth? Uh, wise man said one time it's only worth what somebody's willing to pay for it <laughs> and you might be in an area of the country where it, it draws more attention uh you can check the ebay sales and see about that uh post a lot of people like to post auction results um and see but you know any classic game is, uh, they're almost all bringing at least a grand now. Maybe if it's a, in great, if it's, if it's in, in good condition, decent condition, um, somewhere. So Connor just seven eight hundred dollars would yeah, be my guess. Uh, Connor just chimed in with eight hundred. Okay, I think that's about what you're saying. That's, you may that's, be a little higher, that's just but, a guess. Yeah. So we'll see who else comes in. But yeah, let us know. Um, I think that's about right. Um, Bobby and not, says, not what it's worth to me, what it would be worth yeah. to just the average collector. Bobby says collector. 900 in the Midwest, 1700 in California. That's, okay. about, right. <laughs> that's about right. Right? <laughs> yeah, the California collectors out there, Tim, they pay top dollar. Right. So, I mean, they, it's, I mean, it does depend on your location as well. Oh, no, my house is worth $2 million just in the wrong state. Exactly. Right? Yeah, if you move <laughs> to California, it'd be worth $2 million. Yeah, easy, so. yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, but we'll see what else you guys chime in with. But uh, it's, it's, it's interesting, Tim. I think it's, I mean, if it's in good condition, I'd say anywhere between five hundred and a thousand, depending on the condition. Like, like if they're like if it's pristine, I think a thousand's not out of the realm of possibility. Oh, if easily. It's, if it's just in good shape, then you're probably looking closer to five, six, seven hundred, probably. I think it just depends on the actual shape of the cabinet. So. I don't know. I haven't seen one for sale in a while, so um, it'd be interesting, interesting to see uh, what you could get for it, but. We gotta get it working first. Nobody, non-working is only gonna be worth something to collectors like us, and they're not gonna pay much for it. Yeah, absolutely. So get it working, and you know, test the waters. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay, Tim, well, I think we're caught up, so we're going to go ahead and move on to Connor. And I don't know if this is Connor. If you're in the live chat tonight, let us know, but we did have one sneak in, Tim. I had, did I did not have this on the outline, and he wrote it in, and I was like, okay, we're going oh, to okay. put it on the outline, so we did. 
So Connor writes, I have an original battle zone and the game plays blind. Here is what I do know. The monitor is a 19v2000, Tim. All boards have been tested and work. I was sent a video of the game playing when I sent it out for repair. So he sent the boards off. The game boards, they work, right? We know okay. That. The game is getting proper voltage at the power supply. All fuses are good and all the fuses on the chassis are good. Um, all the bottle cap transistors have been tested and are good. The deflection board has a red light that stays on. The board sounds like it's making noises, like a ch- like it is chattering, chittering, chattering. Uh-huh. Uh, and I do not see any net glow. I was told that is okay for XY monitors sometimes. That is true. Uh, that is true. I am at a loss for where to go from here. Any help would be appreciated. Again, keep up the great work. Thanks, Connor from Lake Nebagamon. Neg- uh, yeah. Uh, what Wisconsin. I am... Not, oh, there he is. He's here. I'm not good at pronouncing names, Tim, okay. obviously. But um, that is where we go from there. So, Tim, um, I underlined a certain part of this, that deflection board has a red light that stays on part. Okay. And that... I think that may be key to you and, and something that may be going on with it, right? Right. Exactly. Um, the sp- That's what you'd like the spot killer LED. That's what we talk, c- talked about before. Um, and you can go ahead and throw up slide if you want, John. Um, well, I mean, before we get to that, but um, that is an indicator that uh, you have an issue. Yeah. Yes. So the on, constant on is not is a problem. Yeah. So the spot killer LED, when that is on, typically it has something to do with not getting a signal, right? Or there's some sort of voltage issue. Yeah. There's. It's telling you there's an issue right here. Right. Exactly. And that's so. a good. He tr- sounded like he troubleshooted very good, by the way, Connor. But the stuff that you did check. Right. Now, the first thing I'm going to say, and we put this link down below, Tim, is that there is a very good black and white um, frequently asked questions guide that you can that you can get. Um, we have a link to it down below in the show notes, Connor, so you can see that. Highly recommend going over that. That guide is fantastic. We've been using it for years, right, Tim? Yes. So, I mean, for years we've been using it. And it is a very good guide on how to troubleshoot black and white vector monitors like this one that you have. Right. Okay? So and that's um, basically where we're going to get our answer from. Yeah. So a lot of the information actually came from that. That, that came I from that because right. it's so good. Right. <laughs> it just makes it real easy. And uh, you get that there, from Crazy Kong, right? Yeah, there's some other places that that guide that's can one be where found. We recommend. Um, the one thing that we will say is that um, I did pull some additional information outside of that guide as well to help you out. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is, I mean, but here's the deal with Spot Killer Tim: it can be really hard to troubleshoot. Right. Good as lord. I say, it's just telling you there's an issue. Right. But where's the issue? But the one thing I will say is don't bypass it. Okay. okay. Do not bypass it. Fix it. Golly, okay. and I know what it can be frustrating as I'll get out, Tim. Um, you can go on to some of these forums and see people who have had spot killer and there's just post after post after post after post. Say, post and after that's post a key that word. I'm... Even the information we're gonna give you, I hope will help you. But that is the key word for what you're gonna they're gonna call it is a spot killer LED. And that will help you Google more information even right. that beyond what we're gonna give you right now. Right. And so we're gonna give you we're gonna give you some most of this is from the guide, like we mentioned, but I did pull it out for you so that way you would have it. So it does sound like your spot killer LED is on. So mm-hmm. here's some steps you can try. Okay, so you can try to reflow the solder on the P600, P700 header pins. Okay, that's very common. Um, check the output transistors. So the Q608, 609, uh, 708, 709, 10. Make sure that those are functioning properly, please. You mentioned that your fuses are not blown. Right. But what I would say is make sure they are the correct value. That's a good that, point. Because that can make a difference in this. So, uh, Tim, according to the manual, um, it should be a 2-amp fast blow for both of those. So okay. if you have a different value in there, fix it. 
Okay. Get you two amp fastballs in those positions. And and Tim, you say this all the time. Just because something doesn't look like it's blown right, doesn't, doesn't mean, mean it's, it's not blown. Exactly. Okay, so trust your meter. Don't trust your, your eyes. eyes. Okay, right. I'm going to repeat that. Tim says that all the time. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's his thing. But trust your meter. Don't trust your eyes. Big time. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, and make sure those are our correct values. Okay? And like I said before... Do not bypass the spot killer circuit. It is there for a reason. It is there right. to keep your monitor from blowing up if it gets too high a voltage or getting like permanent burn damage or other things like that. That is why that circuit is there. And so you do not want to bypass it. Okay. You do not want to Don't bypass it. it. You can. There are <laughs> ways to do it. I'm not telling you how. Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> because you do not need to bypass it. And Delusional says the same thing. FAQ is great. It even recommends what component... Uh, what components to upgrade in order to make them more reliable. That is correct. This FAQ is fantastic. So if you, um, it will help you, but here's the thing. The FAQ does not answer everything and you may still have questions past this point. We are giving you a starting point. Right. Okay. Because that spot killer is one of the most problematic things to troubleshoot. Tim, we've seen it before. Yeah. And we have to preface with saying that, uh, and we said this before, black and white monitors have never been our area kind of expertise. I come along right after everything went to RGB. Most 90. 9% of the monitors we've ever repaired were not. Well, I was going to say... But um, we have had some luck, and this is how we fixed it. True. And um, <laughs> I seem to remember a Starcastle. Yeah, we have So, I mean, you know, we've had our run-ins with the black and white vector monitors before. I'm not saying yes. that we haven't. Right. So, um, like, we don't have any experience. I'm just right. telling you that... Um, this is probably... it. Is, like you said, because it's difficult to me. It, yeah. and. Because it could be a voltage problem. It could be a signal problem. It could be a lot of different things. And so, you know, we give you the starting point, but you're going to have to trace back through some circuits and things to really figure out what's going on. And so... You know, hopefully what we just told you will totally fix the problem and right. there won't be anything. Sometimes it's nice, you know, it's kind of like these are the common things to check, but you may need to go deeper than that in order to get it. But as long as that LED is lit, you will need to continue to troubleshoot in order mm-hmm. to get it on. Because basically what that what that circuit does is it shuts down the whole monitor until it's getting what it wants. Right. It shuts down the whole monitor. So you've got to figure out what it wants. Okay. Tim, is there anything else you got before we move on? No. Nope. Anything in the chat room? Uh, he says, much appreciated. Okay. So there you go. Well, good, Connor. I hope that it helps you. Um, sounds like you're really off to a good start, even with what you what you did already. So just take those steps, and by all means, be sure to write us back if you need more help with it. Absolutely. So hopefully that gets you started on your problem. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you need additional help in the future. And Connor just sent in 20 bucks. Thank uh, you, Connor. You are awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh, we hope that you get that uh, that Battlezone up very, very soon. Tim, what a cool game. I love Battlezone. I was going to say, I'm, I'm going like to tease jealous. something here. I went to the National Video Game Museum, and they did have a Battlezone there. Oh, so fun. I got to play Battlezone for a little bit. It is a good game. And uh, you know, I hope you get yours working, because it is a lot of fun to play. All right. So cool. there you go. Okay, and we will be talking about the National Video Game Museum here in a bit. I'll talk about my trip. So it was really cool. Anyway, so let us continue on, Tim. Um, the next one we have here is from Colorado Mile Heifel, who was in the live chat earlier. Hopefully you're still here. Okay. So let's get to his question real quick, Tim. He says, what is an AR board? Okay. I have one in my Sky Shark that I think is bad. It's an old game. I can't find one. Is there a solution? Sorry, I'm not knowledgeable regarding this. I'm trying to get it working again. 
Thank you. So, Tim, we have a Sky Shark with an AR board. Um, that seems weird to me. Right. But we've seen Stranger Things. Right. <laughs> By far, we've seen Stranger Things. So, Tim, um, what is an AR board, and what does um, Colorado Mile Heifel need to do in order to get his game back up and running? Well, they're called, uh, AR stands for Audio Regulator Boards. And so, not only do they help with sound, they also kind of work like a um, like a linear power supply. They, right. They control the voltage and, and stuff like that. Uh, it's interesting that it would be in a Sky Shark. Normally, you see AR boards are, are very, very common in Atari games. Absolutely. So, see them in a lot of Atari games. I don't know if it was an Atari. Oh, I'm not a he. It's a she. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Very, so, thank you very much. Terrible with pronouns. <laughs> okay. Right. And so, well, that's a great question. So, um,. It may have been a conversion, is what I'm thinking, because Sky Shark is JAMA, right? Right. And so what they probably did, it might have been an Atari. You think that it could have been an Atari game before? Um, look at the the cabinet. If you want to send us a picture, it might you might not need it at all, right? Uh, because unless I'm trying to think, uh, and and chat room guys can feel free to kick in. What else besides Atari game has an AR board in it? Um, well, here's the thing, Tim. I really think this was probably a conversion. Yes, I so do, too. So what probably happened was that um, it was an Atari game of some sort. Um, now, they could use it because right. it does send out voltage. Yeah. And the right person, this seems like a lot of work to me. But if you didn't have a switching power supply that was available, readily available at the yeah, time. you could use it. Right, exactly. You could definitely use it. And so um, what I think what happens here, Tim, is that somebody converted a, an, Atari, an Atari game to a... Uh, to a JAMA cabinet. So they yes. convert the Atari game to a JAMA cabinet, put Sky Shark in here, and left the AR board as the linear power supply. And you can right. do that. I mean, and somebody, yeah, it was a conversion from a Sega Gremlin. Okay. Was, okay, so there you go. So in a conversion happenstance, that happens. So they'll leave the AR board in there as the as the power supply because right. it does give out the right voltages in most cases. Right, so you're but still getting also, your 5 and your 12 in your things. In, so. the, in the older game, the, the previous game, it was also regulating the audio. So that's how you would get good quality sound. So that part's probably not hooked up anymore. Or if it is, it may just be an amplifying circuit. Right. Skyshark should not require that board because your sound should be built in on the JAMA board. Correct. And so you shouldn't need it. Right. So if, if it's not working, so like let's say um, you're, you're, you're not getting any power to your board, Tim, she, sh- she should be able to go with just a standard switching power supply as a replacement, right? Correct. So, I mean, that's what we'd recommend in this particular case. So, Tim, I'm going to throw up the slide here so we can take a look at that. Um, so, like Tim mentioned, AR boards are audio regulator boards. They were used in many classic games, especially Atari games, like Tim mentioned, um, to act as, as an audio amplifier and linear power supply. So, Sky Shark is a JAMA game and, as such, should not require the AR board as the audio amplifier is built in the game board. Now, with that said, your AR board may still function as a power supply, okay? Okay. So, the way you'll know is if this is the case, you should be able to remove it and wire up a standard switching power supply in its place. And you want to make sure that you follow the JAMA wiring pinouts during the conversion process. The way that you can know if it's hooked up or not is to see where the 5 and 12 volts lines on your JAMA harness go back to. So if you trace back, if you look at your JAMA harness and you have the 5 and the 12 volts, trace those wires back and see where they connect. Okay, right. so if they're going to the AR board, 
then you'll need to replace that AR board with the switching power supply in order to continue to get voltage to the game. Um, if they're going to a different power supply in your cabinet, because we've seen that before too, where you'll have an old AR board in the switching power supply, mm-hmm. right? If they're going to a different place in your board, a different power supply in your board, then you can safely remove that and be okay. From what you're telling us, it sounds like this is still this AR board still being used as a linear power supply. Could be. In which case, you will probably need to get a replacement switching power supply in order to take it out. Or it, she asked the question. Where could she get one? Well, that's the one of the reasons why nobody's reproduced them, why you don't see a lot of them for sale, is because they're so easy to rebuild. Right. Now, you can get a rebuild kit for your AR board, and you could do a little bit of soldering, replace a few caps and stuff, and probably fix your AR board if that's a route that you want to go. But I don't know if we'd highly recommend that route. Some people would argue, I don't know if I will, Tim, but some people would argue that the the AR board is a better power supply than a $30 power supply you can buy right now. Some people would argue that. There may be people in the chat room that are arguing this. Okay. (laughs) Um, If you you are in the chat room and you think that the AR board is actually a better power supply than a standard switching power supply that you would buy off the shelf today, let us know. I'm curious because some people would argue that, Tim. And like I said, there's not a lot to them. You can rebuild one in about 30 minutes or less, and then you'll have a working AR board. So a lot of people, my point is, a lot of people don't replace it, they fix it. Right. Because it's not that hard to fix. Now, they're There's saying, not a lot to they're it. They're saying here that it comes after the transformer and then to the switcher. So, I mean, that's not uncommon. Sometimes people will, um, sometimes, it, it sounds like they're, it, you're saying transformer. I don't know if that's the isolation transformer or if that's like an all-in-one power brick that's doing AC voltages and isolation transforming for the monitor. Yeah. Uh, we may need to get some pictures from you. So if you want to send a picture of the inside of your cabinet, let us see what you're dealing with. That would probably help us a little bit Yeah, good pictures. Right. So uh, questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com because now I'm trying to get a picture of the setup. And but if have... that is an AR board, it's very possible that it's still it's still powering your cabinet, right? Yeah, so, if it's hooked up especially. Oh, um, Delusional says it depends on if you disable the sense mod or not. LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on the linear power supply. Yes. Okay. Um, like I said, some people some people swear by those, Tim. Like They swear yeah. that that's the best power supply and they are easily rebuildable, which is, like Tim mentioned, which is super nice. So, I mean, some people just use them as power supplies. Right. Like, even, non, even in games. Yeah, so you battle. could Google AR rebuild kit, something like that. I mean... It's, there, there's going to be plenty of suppliers that right. sell that. But if you want to make sure that what you're looking at is actually an AR board, um, take some pictures of the inside of your cabinet. Send them to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Me and me and Tim will take a look at them, and then we can give you a little bit better answer from there. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, we got the question, but we don't necessarily know what you're looking at. We need to get a kind of probably a better idea to give you more If you go back to the slide, John, if you like you said, at the top, it, that is what an AR board looks at. Would you right. show the yeah, screen show one the more time? Back. The top up there, that's an AR board. The bottom is a switching power supply. Correct. Yeah, that's why I put these on here so you could kind of see. Yeah, I'm just letting, there, letting them look at it one more time. So if you have or need an AR board, it will look like that thing on the top. And you can send, again, send the pictures to, uh, send an email to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Attach your photos to that email and we will get them. So me and Tim will get them. So that's probably the best thing to do. Uh, question, email questions at arcaderepairtips.com and attach your pictures and we can tell you what to do. So um, some here's some other things here, Tim. Uh, let's see. Um, Omega Mark says, switchers create more dirty noise electricity. Old transformers are cleaner. So there you go. I was about to say, okay. so you can argue this. I mean, I'm not saying that it's right either way. Um, let's see. Jason says it's a jam PCB. Just run a switching power supply for simplicity. And you know, I tend to side with Jason on this, Tim. I would yeah. say... 
Jam and PCBs, we typically run just standard switching power supplies. And we have videos that show how to do that. And and so that you can, if you'll uh, Google us and how to run a switching power, testing a yeah. switching power supply, you'll see how we hooked yeah. up one. Our wiring account using the Jamma standard, Tim, I think has a video of that with, run, with how And to that's how it. you could do it and bypass that. Yeah. But send the pictures over and we'll try to help you out further. But hopefully that gives you a little bit of information about airboards and what their purpose is and all that good stuff. So hopefully so. We'll leave it there. All right. Okay. Let's catch up real quick on the live chat, Tim. Uh, Let's see. Jumping General says, best place to buy cabinet locks for my Double Dragon Galaxian Operation Wolf. Uh, They look like original style. We really like Twisted Quarter Mm -hmm. um, in Arcade Shop. So TwistedQuarter.com, ArcadeShop.com, great places to get locks. Of course, you can get them from cabinet lock suppliers too, Tim. You could really just go down to like Home Depot and get them. But yeah. if you're like us and you want all your games keyed the same, yep. which is very important to us, we order a whole batch from like Twisted Quarter. And you can Quarter. get spare keys from them. Exactly. Stuff like that. Or a whole batch from Twisted Quarter or from um, uh, Arcade Shop or any kind of arcade parts supplier will have those typically in stock. Hap will have them. Hap, Suzo Hap, of course. Suzo Hap, though, has a minimum order quantity. Yeah. That's and that the could only be thing about a little them. bit more expensive. Right. So, I mean, that's the only reason I... We... we um, when Tim was working for Chuck E. Cheese, they ordered parts from Hap all the time. When you don't, when you you're when you're always going to meet the minimum order, it's not an right. issue. But if yeah. you're just ordering like a handful of them, you may not meet that minimum order standard. So, yep. uh, Twisted Quarter though, and Arcade Shop sell the same lock. It's just that they they and they're usually cheaper than Suzo Hap just because they buy in huge quantities. So, um, but try those for that. Uh, let's see, Encore's Arcade for a friend. If I were um, if you were to turn on the monitor without a remote board hooked up, what kind of damage um, would my friend have caused? Uh, you can do that. No, uh, typically, it's it. not going to work um, because right. it needs those pot values in order to dial in the picture. You will probably get you will get something, but the picture will look pretty awful. Typically, right, Tim? Right. That's what that's what we've had in our experience. Um, so, I mean, we don't recommend hooking it up without a remote remote board of some sort, but you will, if you turn it on without a remote board, typically you will get something on the screen. It will not be what you expect, what you want, but you will get something on the screen. So if you're just like, I just want to test to see if this monitor works. I don't care about the remote board or I, I, I'll find a remote board later if the monitor comes on. Typically you can turn on the monitor. It'll give you a picture of some sort. You'll at least have an idea of whether or not the monitor is working, but you definitely do not want to run a monitor without a remote board (laughs) for any long period of time is that what you would say correct okay there we go <laughs> so you can find more remote boards over the place if you need one just find the chassis and there are some places that will sell and there are some people doing reproduction now i've seen reproduction um k7000 remote boards for sure tim uh and there's some other models out there too delusional may know some places that that sell the um the the new remote board replacements i've seen some places that do now mm-hmm. so uh i think we're caught up Cool. Okay. Okay. Let us move on to Daily Fun 3, Tim. All right. And they say, I have a multi-game cocktail table with a jammer board, and the monitor goes to sleep. Okay? Okay. Sleep mode. So it actually says on the, I'm assuming it says on the screen, sleep mode. Mm-hmm. It started slowly doing it and unplugging it, plugging it back in several times, resolved the issue sometimes. Now it continuously goes to sleep mode. I bought another power source, checked the cables, and used a different monitors, but the issue persists. Now, Tim, um, he says it is a jam board. So whatever is causing this, it's like, the, and it seems like the problem has gotten worse over time. Right. So from his description, it sounds like at first it was only doing it every so often, and now it's doing it all the time, and it doesn't matter if I switch monitors, Tim. That's the key word right, right. there. Doesn't matter if I switch monitors. That's interesting. It, it still goes to sleep. So, Tim, I think we have to assume that the problem's in the board, right? I believe so. Or, I mean, now it could be power. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna rule that out. But. Yeah, when you when you when you when you first 
when I first read this question, the first thing I thought is, well, you got a monitor power supply problem, or or your monitor is uh, not is being told to go to sleep, like a sleep timer, right. or something accidentally set. Kind of how you know you can set your TV and then you, you you're watching it and you go to sleep and then it'll go off. That could be could have been the case, but the fact you tried a different monitor now it leads me back to something's going on with your board. Um, that's causing the signal to die or not sending out signal. Your monitor just going, I'm not seeing anything, I'm going to shut down. Right. No matter what monitor you put in there. So it has to be a board issue. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this up here, Tim, just so we can talk about it real quick. Um, monitors typically go into sleep mode if they are not receiving a signal from the computer or game board, in this case, powering the cabinet. Since your cocktail cabinet is using a JAMA board, it could be either power issues with the board or the board itself, like we talked about, Tim. Not a monitor issue, because obviously you've changed out some monitors. Now, start off by checking the voltage, getting to the board, make sure it is correct. You may need to adjust the power supply if the voltage is too low. If you can't get the power, the voltage dialed in, you may need to replace the power supply. Now, Tim, so in this theory, what I'm thinking is that, okay, the power supply may be a touch too low on voltage. Could be. And so when he starts playing a game, it kind of kicks over into that mode. Processor kind of kicks up, starts pulling more voltage, and all of a sudden... It's not enough. It drops Mm -hmm. drops below an acceptable range and shuts down the board. Okay, so that's kind of the theory behind that okay why we're saying we want to make sure that our voltage is high so you can try turning it up to 5.1 on the 5 volts line tim like we talk about Mm -hmm. it may need a little bit higher and see if that makes a difference okay but if it doesn't then you probably have an issue with your jamma board and since it's just some generic multi-game board probably best just to buy a replacement so and the the picture i have here tim is one of these game else which is a very common board pandora's boxes all those kind of things you can buy replacements for those very easily so, yeah, I mean, but um, they're not very expensive. I think most of them run around in between thirty and fifty dollars. Sometimes more, depending on how many games it has on it. But I mean, you can get a replacement board that should be pretty, you know, pretty inexpensive. But you want to make sure your voltage is good because you can go through a hundred game boards. If that voltage is bad coming from your power supply, it's still going to do the same thing, right? Exactly. Tim? You don't so want to damage sure. another board by doing that, right? Exactly. So, okay. Well, there you go. So, um, daily fun three. Tim, anything else for him before we move on? Or? No. Okay, well, hopefully answered your question, and good luck at getting that cocktail multi-game out of sleep mode. I'll say it like that. Uh, Tim, uh, let's see. Colorado Ma Heifel just sent in $40. What a oh, donation. Wow. Thank you so much. That is much appreciated. We are so grateful for that. Um, we're glad that you found our content helpful, and hopefully we can continue to help you out with your problem. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll get those pictures in, and we'll uh, we'll try to respond back via email and see if we can help you out further. So thank you so much for that. That is That means a lot to us. Yeah, so. and we'd love to. So, so don't forget to send us those pictures because we're pretty sure we can help you even further, and maybe we can even do an update next live show. Sounds good. So thank you so much. Game. Um, Tim, we have Cameron here. He says, hey guys, I listened to the podcast, but this is the first live show I made it to. Greetings from Nashville, but my hometown isn't far from you in Edgewood, Texas. Tim, oh my goodness, we used yeah. to have some games when we were operators we in had, Edgewood. We had a, an arcade in Edgewood. We did. At a um, paintball place. Yeah, paintball. We had some games there. Yes, so um, there for a while, and uh, they actually got broken into. Sad story. <laughs> we had to take them out. But say, um, they beat the heck out of our games They in definitely did. Literally beat the heck out of them. And so, you know, sometimes you cut your losses, guys, as part of being operators, is that um, not everybody is so friendly to your equipment, which is, right. why, which is why when you have all your games at home, they're all safe. You're right. safe, guys. Yeah. Nobody's going to beat you up here, I promise. <laughs> so, you know, but when you are when you have mountain location, you just never know what's going to happen. We so. learned why operators have those big bars that go across yep. them and... Thick locks. Yes. Um, anyway, but yeah, how cool. Highway 19, just north of Canton. We know exactly where you are. Absolutely. Thank or where you. you were. Yeah, where you were. <laughs> so there you go. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. I think we're caught up. 
So, um, uh, Jason says, uh, he also said replacing the VGA cord might help. And that is a great point, um, on that last one here, Tim, with Daily Yes, thank you. So, um, if you're using the same VGA cord for all those monitors and your VGA cord's bad, could ah, be the same thing. I, you know, I hadn't even thought about that, but he's right. And I've seen that before where we had a bad VGA cord and we're replacing everything in the world and we're like, did we never replace the cord? Yeah. <laughs> it was like the cord. You're right. That's a good good point. Thank you for chiming in with uh, that. That was Jason. All right, Jason. Thank you. There you go. Okay, so Tim, let us move on in our outline to our next question from James. And James says, hi, I'm a new Miss Pac-Man arcade owner, Tim. New. Always a good day. Uh, the machine I bought appears to be all original. I had a quick question. When I bought the machine, the screen was aligned perfectly. Then suddenly one day I powered it up and the screen was misaligned um, like what you see in the picture. Considering I never owned an arcade before, is there an easy fix to realign the screen thanks james now tim i know you're looking at this monitor and yeah. you're thinking to yourself it's pretty yeah, it, it doesn't looks look beautiful too bad there is a hair though and it's really hard to see if you look at the left side of the screen you can kind of see i do it. see where there's a little fold right yeah. just a little bit and you can see it just yeah, a little bit on the left to. side there's a just a hair of fold now tim um, for many people, this would be a non-issue, I will say. You right. Know? But James is a first-time collector, and he noticed this difference, and it definitely is a difference. I believe so that. So what's going on with James's Miss Pac-Man here, and how can he get that little fold out of his um, out of his picture there? Well, um, you can watch our video on adjusting arcade monitor, because sometimes it can be adjusted out. It might just need a little bit of tweaking. And when you move a game, Tim, we all know the <laughs> adjustments move with it. If right. that makes sense, so like they do. You, it doesn't take uh, doesn't take you know, much for like one of those adjustments, rattling, ba- bouncing around, right? Those kind of, kind of things. If you're on Louisiana roads, isn't that what you always say, Tim? If, <laughs> right? you're, if you're driving a game and you got in the back of your pickup truck on a Louisiana I, I road, you know Texas is getting just about as bad, John. That's we true. used to brag, but I don't know that we have bragging rights <laughs> on the best roads anymore. Um, I'd say driving across the street, across your game room, I have seen stuff like that happen, uh, but. What's probably happened, you're having a little bit of fold over and stuff, it's probably time to do a capacitor, a rebuild cap kit, what we call it, on your monitor, uh, which, you know, will require a little bit of knowledge, but it's it's a great starter project. Um, I would enjoy, um, you know, playing it for now, but then you could order your cap kit and try to do that with just a little bit of soldering experience. Um, I would definitely say it's one of it's a great thing if you're going to own a game. Uh, first thing I always tell everybody: if you're going to own an arcade game, you better learn to work on them because there ain't nobody coming. That can, <laughs> there ain't nobody you can call. There's no Calvary. Yeah, there's no Calvary. <laughs> okay. uh, these days, you can't even find an operator anymore. That's true. Um, so you better learn how to work on them. But you know what? This is not an extremely hard fix. It's probably just time uh, that it's starting to. And the more you play it, it's probably not going to get any better. So uh, we need to do, probably do a cap kit, or you can watch our videos, and you can learn how to pull that chassis and send it off to a nice guy like Paul, who would definitely do a great job and have that looking even better uh, than you are noticing right now. If you're, if you're noticing that, they can have it looking 100% uh, better. So um, it's up to you, you know, whether you want to do it yourself or have somebody do it, but it probably is time. Uh, I doubt that it'll it'll adjust out, but it'd be the first step that we'd try. Absolutely. Now, here's the, here's the deal, Tim. Considering that this just happened, and it's very minor, 
I do think that the possibility of adjusting that is higher than usual. Maybe so, and the fact that it probably moved it, like you said. Right. So, so I it's do worth think, a shot. Right. I do think you may be able to adjust this out. Typically, when we see fold, it's a lot worse than this. Uh-huh. Okay, this is definitely a mild case of that. And so with that in mind, I do think that an adjustment here may make all the difference to you. But like Tim said, if we're starting to get fold over, probably looking for a cap kit, right? It's just a good thing to do, especially... Um, I like how he starts it off. I just got my first, right. you know, like, a, hey, there could be more coming. So it would <laughs> Always be, be optimistic. Right. There's and more coming. You never forget your first. And, <laughs> and I'll tell you what you can do with that. You probably want to, if it's a game you want to keep, then I would definitely go ahead and, and do the cap kit just because uh, that thing is 30 years old and stuff. And I doubt it's been rebuilt and it's just time to do that. And that way you can have it looking good. Uh, but, but of course, you know, it is, it is good to try to adjust it out first. But if you're going to keep it, well, it might as well go ahead and rebuild. It would be a great project. I think I put the slide up too early. Okay. You aren't done finished. You aren't finished yeah. talking. Sorry. No, it's all right. Well, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to read the I'm, slide. I'm, now. I'm, okay? I'm reading. I'm watching, looking at the slide and talking. Go okay. Ahead. Okay. There we go. So, James, <laughs> let me summarize what we said here. First off, try adjusting the monitor. See our post on adjusting an RK monitor for more information. Uh, try specifically line frequency and hold adjustments. Okay. So, if you're, depending on what make and model your chassis is, those are typically the ones that we're going to do in order to help those kind of this kind of little gentle fold over so see if you can get that image dialed in with those but if you can't if you can't get it to your liking like tim said maybe time to go the cap kit route um you can see our post on installing a cap kit for more information you do need to know the make and model of your monitor chassis in order and you need to have a little bit of soldering experience right tim yes. in order to accomplish this cap kits can be purchased from most arcade parts suppliers and tim we have a whole list of arcade parts suppliers on our website at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. So if you go there, arcaderepairtips.com slash resources, you will find all the parts suppliers you could ever want to know. Yep. So there you go. So, oh, and if you need a soldering iron, <laughs> you can you can win one if you're here. So yeah. <laughs> um, I have this soldering iron kit. I have this AC voltage detector. We're going to remind all those who um, maybe came in late, Tim, right. that you have a chance to win these if you will send an email to contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com with the password... WrestleFest. WrestleFest, somewhere in the body or the subject. And some lucky winner out there is going to win this soldering iron kit, which is not great, Tim, but it's great for a beginner and great in your travel um, your travel uh, toolkit, the one that you take right. to go repair games like we did. It's free. Exactly, it's free. And an AC voltage detector, which is really handy for knowing you know, whether or not you're getting power at your plug, which right. is really important. So um, highly recommend... I highly recommend that. But again, if you want to win this, contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Send us an email there, contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com. And make sure you include the password. WrestleFest. There we go. So WrestleFest in the body of the subject. Uh, some lucky winner. Tim will pick a number at random. Right. And he knows when I do this because I text him. Right. I say pick a, a random number between like 1 and 12. And then he will give me one and that's the winner. So there he has go. no idea who you guys are. I know who you are. I just take the one, you know, wherever he puts it in line. So there you go. You will randomly win. So I think that's, that's pretty a good random. Setup. It is very random. So speaking of random, not really. 
Okay. We're kind of random. But it is time for that special section of the show where we rapid-fire questions at Tim. Okay. We call mm-hmm. this quick questions and answers. So we have three tonight, Tim. Two of these are from Jumping General, who was here in the live chat with us earlier. And then one of these is from Roger, Tim. Okay. So we're going to rapid-fire three questions at Tim real quick and see if he can give us some answers, guys. So here are the questions for this mm-hmm. evening. Um, so the first one from Jumping General. My speaker is bad. Is it okay to use a 500-watt car audio speaker in my Galaxian arcade game? So he wants to use his car stereo speaker in his arcade game, Tim. The next one is, when transporting games in a truck, is it okay to lay the game on its back, or is upright best? It won't fall over when it's on its back. I just don't want to damage anything. And then we have Roger, who says he has a centipede, and his screen is rolling. Okay. okay. It continues to roll. It was working yesterday. He said we covered a similar uh, issue on episode 27, but he can't seem to locate it. So, Tim, why don't we answer that again for him? Okay. So, we have two from Jumping General, one on replacing a speaker with a car audio speaker, one on transporting games, and then one on a Atari centipede with a rolling screen. So, Tim, let's take those one at a time here. So... His speaker is bad, Tim. In his, um, what was this, Galaxian arcade game, can he put that big 500-watt bad boy in there? <laughs> well, it's a funny question. He wants the booming Galaxian, and I think it would sound awesome, but I think it's probably, you're going to have to have some kind of amp or something to power that. Uh, so probably the best bet would just be to get a an arcade game speaker, which plenty of our people uh, supply, and just replace the one that's in there. They're cheap, right? Yeah, they're cheap. I mean... You know, less than twenty bucks, you're up and running. Now, having said that, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, you tell me. I think that would be awesome if you could. But you get you, it good. You get to get amp. You get in there some for thump. It. Yeah, yeah it have to it. have an amp or something to push it. But I think that would be interesting, if not nothing else. Okay. Next question from him: Is it okay to lay games on their back when you're transporting them? Tim? It's perfectly fine to do that, knowing that stuff can get loose and travel. But it can do that when it's standing up. True. And uh, you don't have quite the wind resistance and stuff uh, when it's laying down. Sometimes your bed gate will close and you don't have to worry about it falling over. I understand that. Uh, we move, have moved probably a thousand video, video games and probably I would say half of them have been laying down and another half laying up depending on how easy it was to pick them up. Games are so heavy. I can move one laying down by myself. Yep. And uh, but I can't do it standing up, uh, sure. not easily. And so I would definitely probably have another back surgery if I tried that. So <laughs> use some wisdom. Uh, we now if it's a very rare or, or some game you're really worried about, uh, we have taken the board out before and wrapped it in bubble wrap, something kept it in the seat while we transported the game just so it didn't fall. I was thinking of games like Miss Pac Man where you have a daughter board and stuff, and there or a thick board set layer. But if it was a newer game, had jam on it, was screwed in, and I couldn't shake or move it, it was just fine. Just be careful. Use a little common sense. Um, you know, it, but by all means, uh, there are probably people out there would say never, never, ever do it. And then there's, I, I don't. We've done it a, a lot of times. Probably at least four or five hundred times that direct that same way, and never had any issues. There you go. And then the last one, Tim, rolling screen. So what do we do? Centipede, rolling screen, how do I fix that? Well, it's probably just a simple hold issue, and we have a Justin Arcade uh, monitor video, and that's all you got to do. You can watch our video, but just find the holds and try to adjust and tone, tone it in, there tune it in. 
Sounds good. So let me throw this up on the screen here, Tim, so we can see, kind of summarize what you said. So the first one on uh, the, the speaker issue here, Tim, not sure um, if the audio amp on the PCB can drive that many watts, Tim. Uh-huh. Um, the manual calls for a 6x9, 8-ohm, 9-watt speaker, okay. <laughs> which is a lot of difference between you know, 500. <laughs> um, so probably best to go with a replacement speaker from an arcade vendor. And Tim, we have down below, we put a, this link, but this is to, I believe, Arcade Shop and their selection of speakers. Delusional also chimed in and says it needs to be shielded. That is true. That you don't want interference with the monitor, Tim. If it's not shielded, sometimes you'll get Good that. Good point. So make sure that you do get a shielded speaker as well. Very, very important. Uh, Tim, as far as laying, um, as far as laying things on their back, transform. We've done it all the time. Like Tim mentioned, you do want to check to make sure everything inside the cabinet is secure. This is very important. Make sure everything is secure, okay? Because, like, Tim, as you know, there's loose stuff all in the back of cabinets sometimes. And as soon as you flip that bad boy over, what happens to all that loose stuff? It goes all the way down to the, the back door right. and like and it just becomes a mess. So do make sure everything's secure. And Tim also talked about taking out important things like the board and putting that in the front with you. Not a bad idea at all. And Roger, anytime you have rolling scrolling screens, usually a hold issue, you should be able to adjust the hold settings on your monitor chassis to fix the issue. So, is that an actual picture of old Red and us hauling games? No, that is okay. not. That does it look does like, look it, like it, though. Actually, that picture was from our friend Jeff Rothy, Tim. Okay. So if you remember him. So that's yes, actually from his website there. So we give him credit for that. Well, you yeah. see, he has two games in there. He does. We've done and that before. That, yeah, and that would be pretty tough to do standing up by yourself especially. But I could load two games like that. Yep, sure can. So there you go. So, Tim, I think we did all the rapid fires there. Dilution also says the only thing you can't transport on its back is a candy cab. It will crack. And that is true. Candy cabs are very, are, can be very very brittle on the back. You have to be but careful But they're a lot that. easier to pick up and do sure. upright. Yeah, <laughs> typically, yeah. Like, yeah. kind of like that's By all means, easier. if you had the choice and the game wasn't hard enough, I would prefer them standing, standing up just because the, there is a chance of stuff like that when they're laying down, but 90% of the games that we talk about in here would be just fine. Yeah. If it's a solid wood cabinet, Tim... It's probably yeah, it's okay. Yeah, probably okay. <laughs> so there you go. Um, well, I think we're covered here, Tim, through all the questions. We did have one from Nate Berg here in the okay. live chat. He says, um, I have a Carnival that's operating and is random, randomly ups and dies until I restart it. The monitor stays on, marquee is on, but the game stops until a reboot. Sometimes it lasts for weeks without fall. I suspect the switching switching out the power supply may solve the issue. Game plays perfectly with zero issues, just sometimes ups and dies without a reboot. Yep. Uh, Tim, we've seen this before. Um, this Sounds exactly like a power supply. Let's say NFL Blitz. I have one over here. Same thing. Uh, mm. It did the exact same thing. It will die. It was dying. Like you would turn it on, it'd play for a while, and then it would just die. And Tim, um, I did giveaway on this, and this is the. Um, I think that has an ATX style power supply, mm. like Blitz and things. So on those, Tim, if those fans start dying, yep. that's like a that's like a <laughs> telltale sign that the whole thing's going to go out soon. Um, those things need to stay pretty cool in order to keep the electronics from heating up too hot. Mm-hmm. And so if you've got dead fans in there, definitely replace it. But almost every time we've seen this, Tim, power supply issue, right? Yep, almost every time. So there you go. So go ahead and replace that power supply. Those are more expensive than the standard switching power supply. Now you may just try to dial it up a little bit. Sure. You may be right at that point, like we talked about earlier, checking it at your harness or at your board may tell you you may just need to dial it up just a notch and carnival's a light gun game tim and yeah. typically anything like that light gun games 5.1 they take a little bit more of a beating and so their power supplies tend to be jostled a little bit more than like your standard game and so like tim mentioned turning it up a little bit can definitely help so okay tim all right we're done with questions for tonight well at least the outlines worth of questions okay. so if you guys still have them please leave them in the live chat and we'll get to them for sure but tim i traveled somewhere this time wow last time you traveled you've been traveling all over the place I going am. to south carolina <laughs> here soon but I, but um one of my uh, good friends from church was like hey 
I want to go to the National Video Game Museum, and I know no other person I'd rather go with than you. There you I go. I wonder why. <laughs> um, but uh, I was like, well, sure, I'll make the pilgrimage to the National right. Video Game Museum. So we did. And so um, I want to just show... Now, these pictures are not my pictures, Tim. These were pictures that I took of things we saw. Because okay. most of the stuff's pretty generic looking. I mean, like, all the pictures that you see online are pretty much what the museum is. Okay. And so, like, we were having so much fun looking at stuff, we didn't take any pictures. So all these pictures are ones from, like, their website to just okay. give you an idea. Now, the first thing I will say is that they have a fully functioning token-powered arcade in the back. Okay. Okay, which is really cool. And so right. I'll show you guys that in a second. But here's some of the setups that they have here just to, to show you. So, Tim, they have this little corner that's kind of like a, um, uh, uh, kind of a replica, like... Um, Video game store, like right at the end of the video game crash, which okay. would have been like 81, right? 82-ish, yeah. something like that. And so like it has all these clearance video games and everything, and you can see the storefront here. And so, and they even have a bin like of discount games. And the <laughs> cool thing about the bin is that they're all in these cases because you can tell that they're probably the originals. Uh-huh. But they have the discount stickers on them oh, from the cool. original retailers, which is really cool. So you can kind of rifle through that and see what games are going for. Um, but that's one, I think a lot of people have seen that, like in some of the pictures for the National Video Game Museum. Tim, to the right, is a replica 90s, um, bedroom. Okay. <laughs> oh, excuse me. This would have been like from 91, 92-ish. And, uh, you'll see that obviously this is in Frisco, Texas, Tim. So there's a Texas Ranger banner up at the top I there. There's a Cowboys, uh, uh, pillow on the thing. Um, there is an NES with a light gun and duck hunt on I the screen that. over there. There's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's a couple of posters there. You see a pole position poster up there. Um, but it's a, and in the drawers, there's like cassette tapes and, oh, and stuff. So you can like search through all the doors and see like some of the stuff that that I probably had in my bedroom when I was a kid, to be honest with right. you. Um, all sorts of kind of random toys and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, really cool just similar. kind of set up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's supposed to give you the feels. I think that's a Donkey Kong up on top of the shelf there, Tim. Yeah. Like you used to have. Looks like I did have that one. Yeah, you had one just like that. So some just a cool setup there. I think a lot of people who have seen the pictures of the video game museum have seen this kind of stuff. So we'll go on here. Now, Tim, this is like a um, huge Pong set up here. Uh-huh. So over to the side, you'll see the computer space cabinet, right? That's to give you an idea of scale of this thing. Oh, wow. Okay, so to, so to the left, that's computer space. And then you can see how big this Pong display is. It's powered oh, wow. by a, a projector that's at the top that, that comes down. And those paddles are about like big Frisbee size. Oh, wow. You know, then you how can fun. actually play Pong there, which is really cool. Um, here we have like a, a replica 1980s bedroom or 1970s, probably more like family a, room yeah. with the wood paneling, uh, with an television <laughs> with burger time is what we play. And I had that clock up there. I think. And I think that has a Betamax up there. Yeah. I don't think that's actually a VCR up there. And, um, I, one thing this picture doesn't show is the, the little wood panel photo frame that I feel like every person's family had in, yes. in the seventies and eighties. Do you remember what, you know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Like, I remember my dad had like pictures of his bowling league and stuff like that <laughs> and when we were kids. And of course, pictures of us. But, and you know, you've got that nice uh, blue sofa there. You have like a rotary telephone and some other things. Uh, the dog's playing poker in the background there. There is the picture frame. You can see the picture yeah, frame there's there. There's an Intellivision on the. Yeah, I was about to say. So the Intellivision was playable and we played Burger Time and it was okay. fun. So that was cool. Um, and then here's the arcade. Here's some pictures oh, wow. of the arcade here, Tim. So you can see some of the, you can see some of the games here. So, um, they did have these games. So you'll see a Sunset Riders Pack Mania there in the first one, Spy Hunter, Video Pinball, Tim, which we know nice. is a pretty rare game. I think our friend Eric has one of those, right? Mm-hmm. And so, very fun game, cool little game. You don't see many, too many of them. Uh, Donkey Kong. And Tim, when I got there, the high score on Donkey Kong was like 10,000. Oh. I'm like, I can beat that. Right. I ended wow. up getting about 40. 
Okay. My average on Donkey Kong is about 35. My all-time <laughs> high is 105. All right, so. so you're not taking out anybody's high score. Well, I took out the top guys. Oh, just so, that, like just I said, you only had 10,000. So I was like, well, whoever the top guy was, I took you out pretty good. But, you know, obviously, I <laughs> am not Must be resetting every day. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> so they had a Frogger, Robotron, Pac-Man there. And Tim, these cabinets look beautiful. When you pay for your admission, they give you four tokens for oh, the arcade. Oh, how okay, cool. so and they they it is token. They have a change machine there. Oh, nice. Okay, so it is a real functioning arcade, right? Nice. So here's some of the ones that we played. Um, we played this Gauntlet Tim, ah. which was beautiful. Um, I played the Michael Jackson Moonwalker because mm-hmm. I just have so many fond memories of that game. You know, I, I mean. So, my arcade growing up here, Tim, in town, we had a Michael Jackson Moonwalker. I played right. the thing all the time, and I still like that game. I know I know people I know people mm-hmm. um, diss on that game now with all the Michael Jackson stuff. I have a kit for that still. You do. I have a kit. I wish I could. I need a cabinet, but I have the mm-hmm. kit. And so, um, oh, Rexer Show says, let's see, 936,000 is his high score. We are beating me by 800 and something thousand then. Um, <laughs> I am not the best Donkey Kong player for sure, but I do enjoy playing it. So, And it is brutally hard. If you're getting 936, I can see why you put the um, the video card in to watch your plays. Because right. you know, you that's <laughs> obviously something that you're getting into. And Tim, I got to play Tron. And um, whoever was playing the Tron, they had some good high scores on that thing. Okay. So that thing, was def- that thing had the high scores racked up. I, I did end up getting, I think, 10th or 11th place on that. But I only got through three levels, which is about what I usually get. Through. I get through like the first two, and then the third level starts killing the me. Tanks always get me on about the yeah. Like third the third level, level tanks are yeah. tough. Golly, they always for me, get me. Anyway. Like I can do um, the MCP cones pretty easy for me. Light cycles mm-hmm. I can usually get pretty easily. Um, the spider one, whatever that's called, you know, I can usually <laughs> right. do pretty good. But man, the tanks, the tanks are killer. Yeah. Tanks are killer. God. <laughs> but I enjoyed every moment of it, and Tim, I loved. That it was a... I love putting tokens in. I literally walked around with the tokens in my hand and, like, feeling that feeling was oh, so yeah. cool. I It's been a long time since I walked around a fully functioning arcade with tokens in my hand. Me too. You know what I'm saying? So it, that was cool. I, people were complaining. I heard some guy saying, well, I could just go to free play and, and, and play all these for free. It's not the same. No. Like, having the tokens in your hand, knowing you only have a limited amount of tokens and going around and playing the games that you want to play with the limited amount of tokens, there's just something about that. Well, actually, I haven't done it since I've been in New Hampshire at a token bar. Yeah, you <laughs> actually went to one. <laughs> That's right. So, but walking around and having the tokens in your hand and like flipping them and stuff, I'm just so used to that. It, it just brings back such memories. So, look, I love Free Play here in the uh, in Texas, Tim. Free Play is one of the premier arcades here. They've got locations all over the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth area. They are awesome, Okay. Not taking away nothing from them, just being having tokens and going around. And whoever does the upkeep on that arcade, it was beautiful. Every game was working. They all looked very restored. Good. Um, there were some monitor issues here and there, but nothing. I mean, normal stuff too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you're going to have some monitor issues. You just can't keep them all. Uh, did they have a zookeeper? I believe they did. Okay. They did have a zookeeper. That was from Delusional. So um, Cameron says Donkey Kong was his first cabinet. That's a pretty cool first cabinet mm-hmm. things to get. So, um, but yes, they did have a zookeeper there. So I remember seeing it. So a lot of cool stuff there. And like I said, the games were pristine. Beautiful condition. So it was literally like taking me back to my childhood, walking around an arcade with tokens in my hand. And it was packed, too. Um, there were a lot of people in there. But like I said, I also think that with the tokens, I mean, you get four when you pay for your admission. So you're going to play no matter what. But it also, I think it keeps the games in better condition because it's like the games are getting played all the time like they are a free play arcade, right? And Correct. so like people are only playing them if they're getting paid to. Uh, if they get paying and everything, so, um, but uh, you know, uh, was the um, HF? What was the high score on Zookeeper? I did not see. I just saw that they had a Zookeeper. I didn't see what the high score was. Mm-hmm. So, but um, I, I'm not a Zookeeper guy. 
Um, but uh, but I mean, I play it. But I only had four tokens. I played what I wanted to play. So I would have played more if it would have all been free, right? So all right. Yeah. Okay, but it was cool. And if you're ever in Frisco, you should go check it out. Tim, there's um, right. in that little museum area. There's a couple other things that you can see there too that are really cool. So Frisco is a suburb of Dallas that's just north of Dallas. Pretty yeah, pretty far yeah, not, north. Not, yeah. yeah. Afterwards, we went to the Dave and Buster's. I had my bachelor party at Tim. Nice. Brought back a lot of fond memories, and I, and I actually replaced my old Dave and Buster's card that I've had for like 20 years. Um, wow. Because they moved my stuff over, they're going to the tap cards. Oh, okay. And so um, my old card oh, was sad. pretty broken. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't give me the tap card. They still gave me the barcode card. But she said she couldn't move it over to a tap card for some reason, my old one. But mm-hmm. she said once you move it to that, I can move it to a tap card in the future. Okay. So, but he sh- I get I get to keep my card. It's all cracked up and broken. And I have a label on it that says my primary Dave and Buster's card. Um, I'm very <laughs> sad over it um, because it might be in the arcade museum one day. That is true. So, um, but um, I have like a thousand tickets on it. So, you know, <laughs> I, I definitely want to keep all that. So, um, let's see. Omega Mark, I need to hear that sound of a token dropping in a coin door when I play. It flips a switch in my head. Absolutely. When you so. hear it going through the coin mech, and it goes boom, and it falls yeah. through and hits that switch. Oh man, it's awesome. And you see, then you see the game light up and say press start to play. Oh, mm-hmm. Something about it. Nothing like it. It's not the same as putting on free play. It's no, not. it's not the same. So, okay, Tim. Well, let's talk about a couple of things that happened this month while we wrap it up here. Okay. Um, we did have um, the Prime Early Access sale was this month, this past month, Tim, where um, Amazon decided to put some stuff on sale. Um, we also had some other deals come up, and I just wanted to kind of do a summary of those things so you guys could see. Um, the Blitz, which is currently selling for about six hundred in most places, was down to five thirty nine ninety nine for the arcade one up. The Simpsons was down to two fifteen twenty eight or one ninety nine at, at times. And Tim actually bought one of those. Nice. And it's in the other room um, because man, for two hundred bucks, that's a great deal. Plus, you can mod it to play uh, to do the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as well, mm-hmm. which I did do. I already modded mine. Nice. And Tim, this Pac Man for two sixty nine ten, which has gone up now, I think it's two ninety nine. That is almost an identical replica to to the Cabaret Cap. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has a riser, but if you look at the way the screen is slanted and the way that the marquee is set back, as the wood look, it is yeah. as close to the cabaret version of that game that you're gonna that you're gonna get. So I mean, well, for that sure, price, not yeah, yeah. For three hundred dollars, I actually think that's probably the best deal out of all of these. If you want something that's pretty close to an actual arcade in an arcade one up um we have the uh game room sign that was about thirty dollars we had a pac-man sign that was about 28 and the um tim those uh, video converter boards that's one of the gombus like 8200 series mm-hmm. that does the rgb to vga style conversion that was 23.99 they don't get much cheaper than that you know mm-hmm. that's about 30 dollars is about the going rate and so 23.99 is a pretty good is <clears throat> is a pretty good uh, price for that. So tell me, John, though, how would I have found out about all these good deals? Well, Tim, well, Tim, <laughs> I'll tell you. If you would subscribe to our social media feeds at Arcade Repair Tips, or at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com or twitter.arcaderepairtips.com, you can find out about deals like these and other things. Right. How's that? So you don't even have to scour the internet. There's right. people that scour it for you. That is correct. <laughs> We're always scouring. <laughs> scouring sounds like I'm scouring. I, I, I don't know. But yes, we are always scouring the internet for good deals. And I know you guys, some of you guys really hate on Arcade 1-Ups. Like, there's a lot of people who really like those things, okay? Mm-hmm. And I have some. I'm not, you know, it's like, for, I mean, 200 bucks for a mini ca- cabinet is not a bad deal. Yeah. I don't care who you are. The okay? monitor's worth that much. Exactly. So, I mean, it's just, it's not a bad deal. So, I mean, you know, I understand that you guys don't always like them, but they're fine. So, um... 
Let's see. Connor says, has anyone got one of those Pac-Man lights? Might get one for my arcade room, but I'm not sure what others think. I did not get one myself, Tim. I have seen it in other arcade setups. Mm -hmm. It's kind of tiny, but it's not terrible. And it actually looks really sharp in most of the game rooms I've seen it presented in. So, I mean, if you're looking for that, um, I don't think either it's not available right now or the price has gone up. So you may wait until you close your Christmas. They may restock. Um, Let's see. I wish I could use a, a real $50 gold coins for tokens. <laughs> oh, I think we all do. So that's from Omega Mark there. So, But that was just a sampling of some of the deals that were up this month. And we may have some more deals, guys. Just, you know, I mean, we're getting into Black Friday season here mm-hmm. pretty soon. And so there's going to be some other stuff come up for sale. Um, I think I think you guys will be, uh, like I said, you guys will be, if you stay tuned to our social media feeds, you'll see some stuff that you may be interested in. So. Mm-hmm. Now, Tim, Wired Magazine actually did a history of the Adam Stanley pinball machine. Wow. Now, Tim, you and me are pretty, are pretty um, familiar with them. So, but for those of you people who aren't, I did take an excerpt, of, excerpt, excerpt from the article. And it says the Adam Stanley pinball t- machine itself is wickedly amusing. It was created by legendary game designers Pat Lawler and Larry DeMar. Uh, artist John Yusey and sound designer Chris Graner. The Adams Family's tricks were unlike those of others at the time. Magnets under the surface that can cause balls to roll as if it's haunted. A magnet, a mechanical hand thing that could reach out from a ball from a box and scoop up the player's ball. And flippers that moved on their own. Players loved it. Tim, I still if you it. talk mm-hmm. to pinball, if you talk to anybody, even people who aren't pinball fans, most people if they want to know one pinball machine. It's going to be Adams Family Pinball. Yeah. When I was a kid, um, there's a pizza place here that only had one arcade game. Tim, maybe two, and one of them was Adams Family Pinball. Nice. And I played that thing, and it was fun, and it's still a fun game today. And Tim, I really think that's what put Pat Lawler on the map. Now, we all know that Pat Lawler has designed several games, his most recent game being Toy Story 4, Tim. Mm-hmm. I believe, right? That was Pat Lawler? Pretty sure that I'm was. I'm not sure, but I'm for it. Pretty sure Sounds it's Pat right. Lawler. Um, but he works for Jersey Jack Pinball now, of course, or uh-huh. I think this may be his last game to design. He designed a whole bunch of um, pinball machines. Monopoly, Tim, which I have as a Pat Lawler design game. Um, of course, Twilight Zone that came later is also mm-hmm. a Pat Lawler design. There's a lot Probably of Probably two most popular games ever. Yes, and yeah. Razor Show says, is the Adams Family highest-selling pin of all time? That is correct. Correct. The highest selling pinball of all time. They talk about that in the article if you watch it. So, mm-hmm. um, fantastic. So, um, going back to the arcade one ups, Michael says purists hate arcade one ups, but they have their place. Casual gamers like them, and it gets them into classic gaming. It's okay with me. Tim, I've seen quite a few people who start with arcade one-ups and have moved on to full-size arcades. Mm-hmm. Okay, and like I said, you and me, if you go back and look at some of our old live show episodes, I think we talked about this being almost like a gateway drug to full-size arcade yep, games. Exactly. Collecting, and it is. It is. I think a lot of people who have... Some people will be perfectly fine having their arcade one-ups in their house, in their arcade. They'll make a whole arcade of them. They'll be perfectly fine with that. Other people will say, you know what? Now that I've got these little guys, I think I'm going to move on to the big guys. And yep. they'll move on to that. And so um, a lot of people, like I said, I've always seen it as like, well, if you've got the little guy, at some point you may get the itch to get the big guy. So I think it's actually kept the price of the older, bigger arcades. Agreed. That, that hasn't hurt them. Right, because there's a lot of people who, like, I think Blitz is a great example where it's like they're perfectly happy with that Blitz. Those people may have been in the market for a full-size Blitz. But once they see the arcade one, arcade one up one, they're like, well, I'll just buy that and I'm out of the market now for a full size blitz, right? right? And so it kind of keeps, in a way, it keeps the arcade, the, the actual coin operated arcade market a little bit, a little bit more down than what it would be because people are getting their fix via the arcade one up cabinets. So, yeah. absolutely. 
So, okay, let's continue on here. Now, Tim, this was in our neck of the woods here, and I put this up. A lot of people were sad for this guy. I We do not know this guy. I should say that off, off uh, just right off. But um, I did see the story about this, and then this was the follow-up to this. So a fire destroys Gilmer Skating Rink's arcade game room, Tim. So this was a follow-up to the original one talking about the fire at the skating rink. And this was the arcade operator, Tim, in the video. But the Gilmer Starplex Skating Rink that's local to our area caught fire on Monday, October 24th, which was last Monday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, not last Halloween, but Monday before last and experienced quite a bit of damage. Our local news did an interview with the arcade operator who said 18 games were destroyed in the fire with an estimated damage around $70,000. So I don't know what he had in there. I've never been there. I just came from Gilmer. I I didn't know about it. Well, you couldn't have gone into it anyway. I'm sure there's going to be insurance stuff. Authorities say the fire doesn't look suspicious. So they've been investigating it. And so apparently it may have just been a... May have just been something. Might have been a fuse. <laughs> it might have been a fuse. <laughs> May have, I mean, it, it sounds like it was just some All electrical right. issue that sparked something and caused yeah. it to go off. So hopefully this guy will get his. Hopefully they'll file claims on insurance and everything will come out and this guy will get his money back for those games and be able to put him back in the skating rink. Because, Tim, we've talked about this before skating rinks and arcade games go hand in hand. Right. So, you know, hopefully uh, he'll be able to recoup some of his costs through insurance and, and get back on his feet. But very sad thing. Anytime you see an arcade, get fire tim or arcade games catch fire it's never a good thing so uh but you know hopefully uh he'll be able to land on his feet so that's what we're hoping for and we don't know him tim i don't know him I, he said his name in the interview but oh, i don't look familiar yeah i was about to say there's arcade op- there's people who do arcade stuff all the time so um cameron says arcade one-ups also killed the 61 market so original cabinets are not getting butchered um and yeah oh j- jumping jar you guys should open up your own arcade um Tim, been there, done that. Been there, a, done that. Got a t-shirt and a mat. That's right. A floor mat. Um, yeah. A t-shirt and a floor mat. I do have a floor mat. You do. I don't know. It's going to happen around somewhere. But, uh, no, I, I think our time has passed that on to you guys, Torch. Uh, you can you can venture into that one next time. I think I'm done. Yeah, so we, um, long story short. Other ways to lose money. Long story short. Uh, we were in with some some guys who had a, a pizza restaurant. We ran all the games there, and they let us have almost full reign of that place. We had how many games there, Tim? 30-something? Um, something like 40 that. 40-something. 30 to 40-something arcade games. They were all um, coin-based. Yeah, thir- 36, something like that. Um, they were all coin-based at the time, and um, after about a year in operation, they they couldn't make money. We were making money, but they could yep. not make money. and so We did. Um, and so we closed down, and that's when we started Arcade Repair Tips. Yep. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so you can, you, can thank, you can thank the closing of of our our, um, arcade slash restaurant to that. um, Agreed. Yeah, but I mean, we spent, I mean, just the amount of time. In order to keep an arcade functioning, guys, it takes a lot of time. It really does. You have to be up there at least... At least two to three times a week checking on games. I mean, even, and I mean, we obviously we were just operating those games technically. Mm-hmm. It's not like we had an arcade, but still, 36 games is a lot of games no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. And so, trying to keep those games functioning was, I mean, you're talking about checking on them three to four times a week and deep cleaning every week. It was yep. basically what we did to make sure everything was running. So, um, it was fun. I enjoyed it for the year that we had it. But I did not realize how much time it was going to take. I don't think you did really either, Tim. Tim was still working at, at Chuck E. Cheese at the time. So mm-hmm. not Get only is he work, working on games. There. I was about to say, not only is he working on games mm-hmm. at work, he's working on games after work. And so um, it was it was fun for the time that we did it. But I think we're past that now. Definitely a learning experience. Right. I don't know. if mm-hmm. Now, if somebody came up and said, hey, can we, you know, um, we want to open up an arcade and we'd like to, you know, borrow some of your games to, to have there and we'll... You, 
pay a rental fee or something like that, I may I may be open yeah. to something like Maybe. that. But I mean, as far as doing it ourselves, that's long gone. Anybody who wants to do that, though, more power to you. We wish you the best. I hope that your arcade is the most successful arcade ever. But um, we're we're done. Yeah. <laughs> we're done with that. So I like eating. Yeah. <laughs> I like eating and sleeping. I love sleeping. Yeah, sleeping. You know, good. sleeping is fantastic. So, but anyway, um, Michael says a straight arcade just doesn't make money anymore. Our local one has all kinds of other stuff to do, like yeah. the, like um, Dungeons and Dragons and... type board games and whatnot. That's the only way to stay in business. Um, Delusional says there are a hundred percent arcade one up arcade places out there. The ROI is crazy. LOL. Let's talk about that. Great transition there, delusional. Because <laughs> I have a the the one that caught fire this month, Tim, was this post right here. Uh-huh. Now, um, Tim, we have a location for the job that I work at in West Virginia. Okay. And so I get West Virginia news from time to time, and this was in Fairmount, Fairmont, West Virginia. Okay, which is not too far from where we have our our thing. So I get West Virginia news. This is how I came across this article, and so um, I saw this picture and this title and said, I have to post this, right? Mm-hmm. So, new 80s-themed arcade opens in Fairmont, and he's, and here's what the article says. Arcadomania is a new establishment in Fairmont, West Virginia that offers family-friendly environment and great a great hangout spot. This arcade has Arcade 1-Up cabinets. Now, this is me saying this. As part of their lineup, this seems to be a trend lately. What are your thoughts on arcade locations using Arcade 1-Up cabinets? And Tim, as you can imagine, the comments were less than favorable. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll leave it at that. Um, we're just asking the question. We're not sitting here. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not the one. I'm not degrading this arcade in any way, Tim. Okay. The only thing. The only thing that we posted was, "What do you think?" Okay. And there were a lot of people who were kind of ugly about it. Okay. Okay. And look, that's your opinion. I understand. We are not. We are not necessarily. It. Yeah, we yeah. are not saying that's a good thing or a bad thing. We were trying to get people's thoughts on it. You guys, for the most part, were pretty negative about it, and that's fine. Uh, Tim, there was somebody who posted kind of a reaction that didn't. They thought better about and deleted, but we can see that stuff because uh-huh. we're the moderators of the page. Did you see that one? I did not. Okay, so there I was somebody to... who kind of ch- chimed in, and she probably thought better about posting that because she probably would have gotten um, really shot down, which is which is really sad. But um, let me do some. This is one thing I wanted to answer, and Michael actually actually chimed in with this. The license doesn't allow for commercial use, does it? So let's talk about that for a second, Tim. Right. Technically, no. But who's suing them? Right. Okay. <laughs> this is the same thing. How many places use console games in their business? So, like, right. if I take a Nintendo 64, and Nintendo 64, Tim, is also marked home use only. Right. If I take that and put that in a business establishment, technically, am I breaking the law? Maybe. Probably. Who's going to come after me? Well, if you're N- Namco, might, but Maybe, I doubt Nintendo would. Maybe, but I mean, you're small, you're small potatoes, right? right? Like, I mean, what is it worth? So, I think with the arcade one-ups, I mean, so the people who'd have to go after them would have to be the licensors of the game. So, it'd have to be like Capcom. If you have right. the Street Fighter... Capcom would have to come after you. If the Pac-Man, Pac-Man, Namco, Bandai Namco would have to be the one to come after you. Here's the thing. Most of these guys are such small potatoes that they fall under the radar. We all know Bandai Namco hasn't even done much about 16-in-1 boards, okay? You think they're going to do much about some guy in Fairmount, um, uh, West Virginia that's got an arcade one-up in his arcade? Well, they made a YouTuber take the word pac something out of it that's beside the point Uh, (laughs) we're not going to discuss that um but yeah i mean the thing is is that in most cases bandai namco capcom are not going to go after these guys okay so probably not is it technically illegal yes could could capcom and bandai namco technically sue them over this yes would they win yes would it be worth their time probably not 
Yeah, and, obviously somebody saw a business model. Let's take, for instance, the same way with arcade games. You could have bought arcade games when you were growing up, too, but they were quite expensive. Yeah. It's a lot cheaper to just go and play. Yeah. Uh, even with Arcade 1-Ups, you look at that lineup right there, that's at least, you know, several thousand dollars worth of Arcade 1-Ups. Agreed. So, how many times could you play or take your kid up there and play and not spend several thousand dollars? You're coming out ahead. Right. And you get to play some stuff you never played. You get to try them, and then you might want to buy them. So, I don't know. You know what? It, it's if, if anything else, it brings more attention to arcade games and so stuff. So, Razor like that. shows that a coin operator competitor could sue them under what? Um, so, anybody Maybe. can sue anybody for any reason. Right. Okay, I should say that. So, yeah, they somebody's can sue doing them. it legally who has the license to like Chuck E. Cheese or but somebody. But here's the thing: they don't own the like the coin operated. The operator doesn't own a license no. to those games. Like the but operator the person doesn't. I bought it from Betson might. Yeah, and so they're granting me temporary use of the license, but right. they, I, but I don't own the license. It's like when you buy a DVD, you own a. They're granting you a use of the DVD, but they're not granting you their license. Right. You see, so you can't sue on their behalf if somebody's making copies of that DVD. But can they you can charge, sue you? But can by, you by, by somebody else, show but. the movie at your house and charge people to come watch it? I guess is the thing. Right. Exactly. So technically, so. no, you don't have a license for that. But are they going to come and get you? Mm, probably. Probably not. So I mean, so it's. I mean, yes. Is it illegal? Yes. Um, Would we do it? No. No. But the cops aren't going to show up to your place because, (laughs) I mean, unless somebody files a cease and desist on you. You know what I'm saying? So if Capcom files a cease and desist and says, hey, you got to stop using these cabinets in your your game room, then that's a different thing. Okay? So um, Delusional says they can be a whistleblower to get the competitor to close. That is true. But again, that's only if one of these licensors is going to take action against them. Right. Okay? So if they're not going to take action... Like, I can tell Bandai Namco, that man right there is using arcade one-ups in his arcade. I can tell him that, but are they going to do anything about it? Yeah, who knows? Probably not. I mean, it just is. Um, But here is the bigger part. And Omega Mark gets this right. Arcade one-ups will wear out fast in a commercial environment. They are designed for home use. Exactly. That is the key. They barely hold up to home use. That's true. So <laughs> They're not going to hold up in an arcade very Yeah, well. exactly. So, and here's the thing. Um, I used to work at Best Buy, Tim. You knew that because we mm-hmm. met there. Okay. What if I told you that we had display ball mice? You remember when mice had balls? Do you guys remember that? Like had the little yes. ball in, instead of the optical sensor? Right. Remember that? Guess what? All of our display mice... They were missing their optical balls. You know why? Or their their balls sensors. Right. You know why? Because people will steal anything. Have on the arcade one ups, you can unscrew the joystick tops off. Okay? Right. All it takes is somebody going in there, unscrewing all the joystick tops, and then like someone has to go back in and screw them back all on. We all know on commercial grade arcade cabinets, you ain't taking this thing off. (laughs) Okay? Because it is literally molded to the handle, right, Tim? Right. It is a different thing. And so, yeah, you're talking about this is the thing is that this is commercial. Right. Okay, and arcade one ups, I can screw the ball top off and just take it. Right. Okay. And so like if you got kids playing that, all of those bat top and ball top joysticks are going to be missing their bats and balls. Okay, they're gonna be gone because I mean, kids. I I remove them just playing. So if if you're operating arcade one ups, you need to put some glue on those things, okay, to make sure they ain't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I will tell you that. Now you could also uh, swap of the controls for actual arcade controls, Suzo Hap or Sanwa. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could, and that will help. Okay, that is swappable. You can do that. Um, but here's the thing. They're not meant to take the beating. And they have on-off switches on the front, which you could also disable, Tim. You could wire around those, Correct. which is what we were thinking. I mean, and this guy put Coinmex on them. I which saw was that. Which was even, even, like, 
more mind-blowing because now you have to rig it up like we talked about to the start button, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've talked about that before, how you could accomplish that. So, um, But to put Coinders on there, I mean, yes, is he breaking the law? Is he doing something illegal? Yes, he is, but only if somebody's going to go after him for it. Very interesting. See like I said, 61 builders. How many 61 builders are out there still doing it? But anyway, um, what else do we have here? Um, Michael says, that's true. They may... Um, they're made to a price point, and they'll break for sure. Delusional's Arcade, yeah. But a new overlay for a real arcade machine can be upwards of $100, depending on the game, plus paying someone to repair, plus parts. Easier just to buy a whole new one up every few months, and that is true. Um, you could always just replace them. They're going to hold... If you replace all of the joysticks and buttons, if you did that, Tim, mm-hmm. and you and you kind of sealed off all of the parts of the cabinet, that front panel, I would probably put a thicker piece in the front panel. Mm-hmm. There's some things that I would do that I can make them pretty darn close to commercial grade okay I, I mean you could get them pretty darn close but what i do would i go to all that effort yeah, no i would not so i mean that's what it comes down to yeah the wood is far too thin it'll crack for sure under constant abuse and like i said um the the cabinet itself the wood is i would say acceptable it's not arcade it's not commercial arcade thickness right mm-hmm. but it's acceptable but the problem is is they do use like basically cardboard for like the front and cardboard for the back. And mm-hmm. so that front, those front pieces you would need to replace. And again, all original joystick, like actual arcade joysticks and buttons on there. Um, you could do this. I mean, you could make it work. But again, people were all like, it's illegal. It's illegal. It's only illegal if the people who own the license go after the people who are misusing the license. Okay? Yeah. Like I said, like you're talking about the DVD is a great example. Mm-hmm. Showing a movie in your house on DVD, that is illegal. Is a if you're just doing it for like 15 friends, is somebody going to come after you about it? Right, probably not. But if you rent an MMA fight and everybody chips in, right, that's okay because exactly. you're buying the you're right paying, to right, exactly. show it, right, exactly, or to use it, right. So it is a touchy subject, and uh, but good luck to them. Who knows? It probably right. won't last long anyway. Uh, if a normal arcade wouldn't do very good, I can't see it lasting right. very long. Um, Jerry says the control panel paint also fades quickly um, with barely any touch. So here's the thing about the control panel paint, Tim. Every new arcade one up comes with a plexiglass protector now. Every oh. single one. Nice. And I know because I bought three or four of them within the last couple, you know, within the last bit here. So, um, yes, the paint does fade fast, but most people, most of the time you have plexi covers on them now. Mm-hmm. They did not on the first generation. On the first generation, you, you could get one for free for a little bit. They were getting them for free. Now they include it with everything. And the funny thing here, Tim, is that people don't know that they put the, um, per, you know, they put the protector plastic on it. Mm-hmm. And when it has the protector plastic on it, it's frosty. And so you'll see people... With arcade one ups and all of their control panels all look, frosty they color. all look frosty because they didn't <laughs> they peel the protectors, the right? Exactly. Oh, funny. So, but um, Jason says I still see full size cabinets in businesses running sixties and and um, and pot and Raspberry Pis all the time. Same thing, right? Same, same thing. thing. If you're running an arcade one up or you're running a sixty in one, same darn thing, right? Or Mame, yeah, right. or Mame, right? Exactly. Uh, raspberry Pi. You know, with with virtual pie or whatever, same thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, you they could go after you too. Technically, licensor could go after you for that as well. So, um, so there you go. That's that's just some thoughts, Tim. And look, I, I didn't want. To, I mean, I know everybody was really negative in the replies. And look, opinions. You guys can have your opinions. Got no right. problem with that. That's why we want your opinions. In fact, right. I want to read what you guys think. That's uh, what we put it out there for. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, but you know, just. I mean, there's you can say, uh, I don't like that or whatever, but some of those things were pretty darn mean. Tim. Did you see some of the comments? No, okay. I'd avoid that kind of stuff. Okay, some of them were pretty darn mean. Uh, that's that's fine, but thank you for your feedback, because that's what mm-hmm. we wanted. We wanted to see some feedback. We wanted to see what you guys thought. So, 
there we go. So, um, Tim, I think I covered that as much as I want to cover. If you guys want to go read the comments, go to our Twitter post <laughs> and our Facebook post on that, and you can read all the comments. They're all there. So... Okay, Tim, let's wrap this thing up, shall All we? All right. Okay, we want to remind you that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're always looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it when, during one of our live show episodes. Make sure to put a plug-in for your channel so people know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions, Tim. I say this every month because we want to help smaller channels get more viewers so they can get monetized, right. especially arcade-related channels. And so this is why we offer this is because we want to make sure that if you're an arcade-related channel out there and you're looking to get a little bit more traffic, maybe get to that threshold where you can actually start getting paid a little bit for your videos, uh, let us help you out. Send us a video about your uh, arcade-related video, and if we like it, we'll play it during one of our live show episodes. Uh, Tim, I think I have the one we did for Regzer. Um, we play like something like this at the beginning so you guys can see it. There you go. Um, I, have, I have the audio muted right now. This is something we did for Greg and Regs show, one of his. Um, but we can put you right there, and we can allow you to – we can give you some free promotion, So, which we'd love to do. Tim, I got to thank some people real quick. Milestone. We hit a milestone. Right, uh, it only took us 13 years, <laughs> um, but we have now hit – 10,000 subscribers. Yay! <laughs> and it's all because of you. It's not us. Uh, it's you. Thank you guys so much for your support. Um, I didn't think we'd get there because right. I felt like we were at like 9,500 for, for a very long time. Right. <laughs> and so um, it's really cool to be in five digits, Tim. Um, and I just want to thank you guys. I think, Tim, you want to say that too. We just want to thank you. For sure. Um, obviously, without people watching the content, we would be nothing. So, I mean, it's all because you guys watch and subscribe. It's about 9,990 more than I expected. Yes, absolutely. When we started I, this. I, I mean, when we started this, I'm like, okay, Tim, me... His wife, my wife, right. um, moms. <laughs> it's like, okay, um, we can come up with 10 people who, who we will think will subscribe. It's cool. So. We had some people from Nova Scotia. They're in the chat room tonight. Yep. And, you know, all over the world that um, have some help. I hope we've helped. And uh, if nothing else, we brought attention to our collecting and the stuff that we all like to do. Yes. So um, thank you. Because, like I said, without you, there's no this, there's no arcade repair tips, there's no live show, there's no um, us talking about arcade games incessantly for hours upon end. And we we appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate you being here. And here's the thing, Tim, we've said this before. We don't know everything, okay? No. Mm -hmm. um, we're just passing along from our years of experience what we've learned, and we're always up for learning more. And so, you know, I know we've had people who have posted comments on our videos saying, you guys don't know anything and stuff like that. If I don't know anything, teach me. Right. Let me know that we're always in a mode of learning because here's the thing. Nobody knows everything about arcade repair. There's no one person who knows everything, okay? And so we should all be in in a position of learning and saying to ourselves, well, you know, the only reason we know what we know is because of what we've done and the things we know work and the things we know don't Not work. to do. Right, yeah. exactly. Like Tim likes to say, all, we know a lot of what not to do. Yeah. And so that is the only reason why um, we we know what we know is because we've had some experience at it. But we're always up for learning more. And so, you know, um, Delusional Arcade is a great channel. has lots of great information on it. Um, you know, Regzer Show's channel is a great channel. has lots of information on it. Uh, John's Arcade. There's so many arcade YouTube channels out there that have great information, Tim. We are not the only one. And we're not going to sit here and say we are the authority on this. No. Okay? We are just two guys 
who know a little bit about arcade repair and hope we can pass something on to you. And so hopefully over these past 13 or so years that we've been doing this, we've helped you out and helped you learn a little bit more about, you know, arcade repair than you knew already. And that's really what it comes down to. So if you're watching, chances are you're one of those 10,000. And if you're not, guess what? You can hit the subscribe button and you can become on our way to 11,000. And we look forward to having you watch us and subscribe. We'd love to get feedback from you and uh, uh, develop a relationship with you. Thank you guys that come every month on a regular basis. Um, that doesn't go unnoticed. I look forward. And if you ever see us at a show or when we announce when we're traveling, feel free to look us up. Feel free to say hi. Um, I love to meet people that somehow we've helped or that have been influenced by our show in some ways. And I love the chat room and how you guys pitch in and help and some things that I forget or I don't say. Uh, you guys are very helpful there. We're a team, and you're a part of it. So thank you for and being being involved. Absolutely. So um, earlier in the show, Tim, somebody said, hello, professors and students. Guess what? We're professors and students. We're all professors and students. We're all teaching each other things, and we're all learning from each other as well. And so, you know, it's... It's a ongoing cycle of that. So, and um, Joe says, "Been here since day one, still the best." So oh, I appreciate that. That thank means you, a lot because you know I'm, we're both a lot older than when we started <laughs> this thing. Joe, you're getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I, Tim, I didn't have kids when we started this thing, and right. now I've got two. Um, you know, Tim Tim was working for Chuck E. Cheese and now has a totally, completely different job than that. Um, you know, we've come a long way from, from when we started, and as just some guys who were doing this in, in Tim's garage. So, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, have we come a long way? I think it's the same I I, Yeah, maybe. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Either way. We definitely, uh, it's kind of like we've seen some... Um, Games come and go. We have we have we've held hands with some of the best of them. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> love the mini game out there, and they're gone now. But you know so what? All the games I've loved before. You probably, I probably, chances are, you're, some game in your collection we touched it one time or another. <laughs> so you know, so keep that in mind. Whatever, I would definitely disinfect them. But um, now we appreciate all you and guys. If there's squirrely wiring in there, that was not us. <laughs> no, we didn't do that. That us. wasn't us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if it looked like a rush job and had a lot of electrical, they probably not, not us. Not, not us. No. So anyway, guys, but thank you guys so much. It really means a lot, and that was a big deal when I saw that. Um, I, I logged in the other day, Tim, and saw we were over ten thousand. Just couldn't believe it. So that's thank it. You guys. That's neat. That is, I think, a, is a milestone. Um, you know, and when LeBron finally comes out and says how much he's enjoyed our channel, we <laughs> may hit a hundred thousand in a week. I don't know why he ain't chipping in yet, but you know, him, Dak Prescott, any of our other fans, but you know, same, same thing guys, you know, some people just like to be low key. That's all right. Hey, and when that's, we started, Tim, we were in, we were using like a standard definition four by three. That's how, that's how long we've been doing this. Wow. Uh, four by three videos, you know, so like what you'd watch on, on an actual TV or right. on a CRT TV. So there you go. But anyway, um, Javi, uh, Javi Jerry says thanks uh, for all the years, tips and repairs. Michael says I can't believe it's almost been six years. I don't make every show, but I do when I can. Uh, you guys definitely helped me make the leap to hands-on arcade repair. Uh, the TV guy needs to come back from time to time. I know. Yes. <laughs> Michael, I need to reach back out to Michael. Um, I was doing it pretty regularly there for a while. Uh huh. But Michael's so in and out; it's hard to sometimes grab him because um, he he's on he works um, on oil. 
uh, you know, sites and rigs and yes. stuff. And so, like, he'll be gone for, like, three weeks at a time, and then he'll have, like, one week off, or he'll be gone for three more weeks and have one more week off. And so sometimes it's hard for us to kind of get synced. And so, like, I'll send him something. I won't hear back from him for a while, but that's because he's been working or whatever the case may be. So um, we love Michael. Michael is one of my favorite people. If we could have him here and film with him all the time, I would, because he is so much fun to film with With him and Tim. It just cracks me up. If you've watched any of the blooper reels on any of our DVDs, if you've seen the ones with Michael, those are my favorite. Right. Every time. So um, I miss Michael a lot, and hopefully we can bring him back. Um, and so I said episode 69. That's right, 69. Yeah. So there you go. It's a long, a lot long of time. Them. Okay, so let us go ahead and put the contact information out here. I'm getting I'm getting all emotional. I need to stop <laughs> that. Okay. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. That's the email address, guys, if you want to send your questions in. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. Make sure you put live show in the subject line to get it mentioned on the show. Again, that is questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com. We also have our YouTube page, which obviously you guys who are watching it live know where it is, but for those of you guys who may be listening on the podcast feed, that's at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com, youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Um, comments from the last live show, we try to cover on the next episode, so if you guys leave comments on this live show episode, we will try to get to them next time. And another reminder that if you are listening to this on the podcast, we do not post the after show on the podcast, so if you want to listen to that, you will need to go to our YouTube page and look this episode up. That's youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. And then, Tim, we have our podcast feed, which right now just basically has live show audio, but from time to time, we also have interviews, and every so often, we may have a question and answer podcast with Rusty and Eric. It's been a while now, but um, we'll throw that out there. But if you want to subscribe to our podcast audio feeds, you can do that at iTunes, at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com. We have our Spotify page at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com, and our Stitcher radio page at stitcher.arcaderepairtips.com, or you can find us wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Just search for Arcade Repair, and I'm sure we'll come up. So, again, uh, we love for you guys who listen on the audio feed. Of course, Tim, we like to have you here. Right. So, um, if you're listening to this on the audio feed, make it a point to be here for the next one. Tim, big Christmas episode next next okay. time. So, you want to be here ah. for that. And then we have our social media pages that we talked about during the deal section of this show, and that's at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. We also have our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. And Tim, uh, pretty much the same content gets cross-posted to both of those sites, so it doesn't matter which one you subscribe to, you're getting pretty much the same content on both. Different comments, of course, on some of the stories and things, but um, that's what we're looking at there if you want to join our social media pages, and we do want to thank... Mark, who has our community manager, uh, for all that he does as well. He does chime in on there about pinball news and other things from time to time. But again, facebook.arcaderepairtips.com and twitter.arcaderepairtips.com for our Facebook and Twitter feeds. So there we go. And Tim, uh, we done with the um, regular portion of the live show. So uh, I looked it up December 1st. December 1st? December 1st. Golly, I'm going to have to start. The last month of the year. I'm going to have to start, uh, sh- I'm going to have to shop for your Christmas present early. Is wow, what that, that is. You know a- what I'm saying? Because we usually exchange Christmas presents on our Christmas episode, right Tim? This is true. This is true. So um, if you want to see what I get Tim, make sure you're here next time. Um, and we'll give away more free stuff. We've been giving away free stuff every episode, guys. And I think it's helping. So I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully it's helping. Can't beat the free. Let's remind everybody one more time. If you want to get this nice soldering iron kit and you want to get this nice AC voltage detector, send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you include the password. WrestleFest. WrestleFest. That is the password. So contest at arcaderepairtips.com and include the password WrestleFest in there somewhere and make sure you you know you put your name and your address because we do ship those we only keep that information private we do not share with anybody else so there we go tim okay um anything you want to tease for the after show before we move on um i've i think i've i think we're proud 
Dallas Cowboy fans, we might have talked some football. A little smack. I am a very it. fair weather Cowboy fan, and right now I am diehard. Yeah, right. saying, technically. So I'm so fair weather, and we'll so talk we're a little diehard. sports. Um, you know, XFL, Tim. XFL is coming. I heard back. an interview with Bob Stoops. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, he's going to be our coach again. Oh, hot dog. And so, also, we're looking at World Series talk, yes, maybe? Absolutely. A lot of sports talk. talk. Talk about some movies and stuff. Actually, Is went the to World the, Series on right now? I went to the movies for the first time in like a year. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so, yeah, you know, so we'll talk about some stuff that we've been doing. And, and you know what? Even maybe in some investment talk. Oh. Since a certain person has taken over a certain company, some socks have been doing a little, little up and down. I've noticed know? that. So, um, good okay. time. Good I time. think those are good teasers. Um, we'll talk about, of course, movies and shows that we've been watching. You guys can stick around and share your movies and shows with us that you've been watching as well, and we'll do that. And I'll talk about an event I went to uh, in the Dallas area as well. So, okay, and NFL, of course, uh, NBA. Hockey, all that kind of stuff. We just talk about general stuff in the after show. After show is open to everybody, and it basically involves everything. And it happens immediately after the show, Tim, right? So, yeah. I mean, just five or ten minutes, just enough time for me and Tim to hit the restroom, and then we'll be right back, <laughs> we'll be right back here with you um, if you're watching this live. So, uh, But, Tim, I think that wraps it up for this episode. So, uh, again, December 1st will be the next live show. We hope that you all can make it. We'll do our big Christmas episode. Me and Tim will exchange gifts and figure out what we're going to get each other. Most of the time it's arcade related, sometimes not. But, you know, it just depends. I got an so, idea. Uh, anything else you want to say before we depart? No, thanks again. If you haven't ever subscribed, though, seriously, why not, why not subscribe? It helps our rankings and ratings and helps us keep encouraging us to, or leave a good review. It yeah. helps us to keep um, keep doing this. Um, and it's funny because, you know, my kids, they watch so much YouTube that anytime I film them at the end of their video, they're like, make sure you like and subscribe. I'm like, who are you talking to? There's nobody there. This is literally a home video. So, like, I have home videos of my kid at the end. Make sure you like and subscribe. But we never do that here. Right. We don't, so we don't say it enough. Uh, but because we can't imagine uh, 10,000 people that would actually like and subscribe. Exactly. But right. at the same time, uh, thank you for you being here tonight uh, always makes it fun. Uh, some new people uh, send us uh, updates. Uh, let us follow up. Uh, we'll get your game up and going before long. That's the main thing. We do want to thank everybody who's in the live chat tonight. I always, I never want to overlook that, Tim. Thank you guys for chiming in tonight and for interacting with us during the show. Tim, when you're here in the live chat, you are literally part of the show. And you, you know, one of the things we say in our post, Tim, is that it won't be the same without you. Right. And it's true. It won't be the same without you if you're not here. So if you're here live... Thank you for being here. And literally, like I said, it's not the same if you're not here. So make sure you can make the next one. We'd love to see you. So, Tim, remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when you fix the game, you play the game. Uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you next month, or we'll see you here in just a sec for the after show. Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.